Hey, what's up, everyone? We're back. It's Game Face, episode 349 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host and the founder of Sifted. Alongside me, I have two co-hosts today, and that is Matt Kyle and Luna Kyle, who is mm. licking her butt at the perfect time. <laughs> she knows when she's on. <laughs> she does. That's hilarious. How are you doing, Matt? It's been a couple weeks since, yeah. we, uh, since we've done a show. Doing all right. Yeah? A lot of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Still playing through Final Fantasy 16? Um, some, yeah. I mean, obviously switched over some other things and production's kicking into gear on one of the short films so oh. at some time. But although it's easier having done it before. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, and I, I got sucked into another game, so which we will we'll talk about. We'll be talking about today. There's a little indie game out there right now that's actually blowing up. Yeah. It's funny. You talked to me about it. And I hadn't even really heard. I kind of heard about it, but didn't know about it. And then, like, I went and started doing some research. And then today, a story popped up that is, like, doing gangbusters. It's, like, the big indie thing going on right mm-hmm. now. So we'll talk about that on today's show. Um, anything else been going on the last couple weeks? Um, not really. Yeah. No. How far along are you in Final Fantasy sixteen? How many hours in are you? Can't even tell. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's no listing. I'm, yeah, I'm past the second time jump. Um, so I'm past the part where Sterling didn't play two to realize that it addresses all their complaints right in like four <laughs> hours yeah yeah um but uh yeah i'm pretty far in. i think i've got like three mother crystals down or something mm-hmm. and then i kind of drifted i drifted away and started playing other stuff but i'll go back to it you continue to enjoy it though oh yeah i yeah. like i like it a lot it's the first final fantasy i've really really enjoyed since six agreed yeah, like, it's pretty crazy. It's, uh, it's actually very well done. Its sales aren't doing so hot. They're not doing yeah, it terrible. Is. No, it's doing great. Yeah, I mean, it's three million. Good. Yeah, it's just for one platform on a, you know, people are comparing it to stuff like Spider-Man or whatever. It's right. Like, but Spider-Man on 110 million PlayStation 4s is to sell to, and this has 30-some million yeah. PS5s. And That's comp- a 10% attach yeah. rate. That's and pretty good. And the comparison good. to Final Fantasy 15, like, I get it, but Final Fantasy 15 was on everything. Yeah. So it makes a difference. With much larger install bases. So this is doing great. Also, like, what was the other thing that, like, sold 2 million? Or a Street Fighter. Like, Street Fighter, 2 million. Like, so 2 million for a Street Fighter game across all platforms is amazing. But three million for Final Fantasy on one platform is a bomb. Like yeah. that doesn't make any I, sense. I, the Final Fantasy numbers didn't bother me that much or raise a red flag for me. The Street Fighter numbers did though a little bit. I really expected more for Street Fighter. Capcom seems pretty happy with it. Yeah, um, and it is caught on in the community. Obviously, the biggest fighting game tournament of all time. The entries at, at Evo, mm-hmm. like something. I think they're at like ten thousand. Yes, all that. Something. Yeah. Like, so that'd be fun. The community is definitely. Oh behind. yeah, they've definitely embraced. It's great. It. Which is which is really the more important thing because as we know the ongoing season pass stuff is what's going to keep that game afloat and the community will do that. Mm-hmm. But you know it's still getting a lot of accolades for being accessible and 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 letting people in that have never been able to get in before. Yeah, um, I, I'm very curious to see how far the people using modern controls get in like Evo. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is not super far. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> like you might surprise uh, the the. I mean I know people complain was oh one button comes like the damage scaling on modern controls is crazy like you can't dominate someone with a really crazy crazy combo in there because the damage scaling just drops to almost nothing so quickly so there is a limiter on that so Mm -hmm. and i think that will be a deciding factor in a tournament scene where you've got people that can do like the 68 hit guile combo on on command yeah so it's uh it's gonna be an interesting evo for sure yeah i can't wait i've played a ton of street fighter 6 over the last week and a half as you guys may remember or maybe not 
Um, I have had my sister and her son, my nephew, who's 11 years old, has been in L.A. for the last like 11 or 12 days. They've now left. Um, but I played a ton of Street Fighter with him. And, of course, he was using the, the modern controls. And basically every character, he may win the first round. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Like by the skin of his teeth. Then I started figuring out what the combos were and how to block them, and then I would win like the last two matches, definitely. Yeah, well, as um, uh, Alex Valle says, the first round is data. Yeah, um, so that was interesting. The other interesting thing, too, Matt, was just being around an 11-year-old gamer. Hmm. I don't want to talk about this too much. In fact, maybe one of y'all should ask me about this for Ask Shane Anything. Go to the thread and put a question in about this. I don't want to talk about it too much here on the show because we have a lot to get to today. Um, but being around an 11-year-old hardcore gamer for the last week and a half has been an eye-opener for me. Um, first of all, he gravitates towards the most violent and gory games that he can play. <laughs> so he found, of all games on my hard drive, he found Atomic Heart. Because the thumbnail was, like, gory and, like, caught his attention. And then he started playing it. And what I discovered was he did not care about, like, completing the game. All he cared about was chopping up the bodies like, he would kill somebody, he'd chop off all four of their limbs, and then chop off their head. And he just did it over and over and never got sick of it. Hmm. I was just like, okay. Then he starts playing Call of Duty. Doesn't care about winning or shooting anyone with his gun. All he cared about were the hyper-gory violent finishers where you, like, stab him in the leg, and then you stab him in the temple, and then you stab him in the heart. Like, he was obsessed with those. But didn't care, like, what his KD was, whether his team won or lost. And then he, he's obsessed with people. You may not realize this, but th remember the game Undertale? Mm -hmm. I, I, I could forgive you for forgetting it because it's like almost a decade old at this point. There is a crazy online community that is obsessed with Undertale and re creating these weird fanfic animations of Undertale for this character named Sans, who I didn't remember was even in the game because it's been 10 years. He is obsessed with Sans. Every, like, every other word out of his mouth is sans. I, I was just like, what is going on? Is this, like, what I should be creating content for? Like, I was like, if this is what I have to do to hit with the younger demographic, forget it. <laughs> forget it. Mm. I was just like, wow. Like, this, <laughs> he's 11 years old. His favorite franchise is Grand Theft Auto. I was just like... Okay. Which had barely come out when he was the last in, one his, in barely his really. He was like an infant when the last one came out. So it was an interesting week, to say the least. Again, I have a lot more stories to tell about all this stuff. Um, it was like being transported to another world of something that I really care about. I was like just taken aback. I was like, whoa. And I'm just like, how many people are like you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, but it was interesting hanging out with him for the week. And he's, the crazy part is he's an awesome kid. Like, otherwise, you get him away from the games and stuff. He's great. Um, but just being around him, watching him, how he consume in YouTube, how he consumes YouTube, again, drop a question and ask Shane anything, and I'll expand on a lot of this stuff. But it was quite the eye-opener. But anyway, uh, July 4th was last week, or this past Tuesday, so we didn't do a show. Plus, I had them in town. Um, it just didn't work out. But we're back. Um, did a show with Adam, which went awesome. Of course, mm -hmm. the production for that really sucked. Um, because it had to be put together all by hand instead of doing it live with the TriCaster like we normally do. Uh, but Adam was great. Um, he stepped in for you for a week, and then last week we were off, and now we're back today uh, to catch you guys all up on what's going on. In fact, let's just go to the chat right now. We haven't heard from you guys for a couple weeks. Let's see what you're saying. Um, Don Lionheart. People have asked me this already, Don Lionheart. Is what your nephew did really any different from us late 20s, early 30s who just ran around and murdered people in GTA as kids? LOL. I never did that. 
I've never done that. When I was his age, games were 2D, and mm-hmm. games weren't violent. So there was Doom yeah. and like there was some, I mean, we were you were already a late teenager by the time Doom came out. But like, you know, there was I mean, there was some violent stuff, but like like Narc or like Technocop on the Genesis. If anyone, I remember Technocop. We seen the, the the ads for that. And like you, when you shot people, they exploded and all these pieces and fell into like a bloody pile and twitched and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my friend and I rented that because like, oh wow, it looks so good. And it's that game sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, and we played it for like maybe ten minutes and went back to Blockbuster and got a different game because it's like. Like that is not, was not enough to entertain us. Like I don't know what you know. And I played Soldier of Fortune and all those games were like you know you, the really you know the sniper elite where you can shoot people through any kind of internal organ you want. So, but like it's got to be a good game. I I don't think we he ever had care. that. He didn't care about. The I did run. Of the game I mean, I did run around in GTA Three and blow stuff up and see how long I could last against the cops. But it was never about like killing random human be- like killing random. Be- I mean, I would to get the star rating up, but mostly I was ex- I was interested in destruction. I never did that. I never did that with GTA 3. In fact, if you go back and look at some of like the uh, game spotting editorials that I did at GameSpot back in the early 2000s, like 2000, 2001, I railed on GTA for that. I was like, this to me is the game that that basically all the conservative people who say games are bad and games are depraved, this is the game that they can now point to. They didn't really have that game before. Now it's here. Yeah, well, and then it became the most popular thing ever. Right. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I was I w- never that way playing games ever. I don't know if I can know that because games didn't do that. That's true. Then. Again, when I was 11, you know? like I was playing 2D games and there just yeah. weren't simply games like this. And it was interesting to see like violent games and stuff at the time, but it wasn't like it had to be more to it. Like, you know, like Splatterhouse was cool because it was like a horror movie, but also Splatterhouse was fun. Yeah. Like there was more to it than just the, the animations of things getting their heads cut off and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a fun side scroller. Yeah. Like that was the issue. Like that's the issue is, is like, you know, if you're like, playing Atomic Heart simply to dismember someone is is weird yeah to me it was like, bizarre to me like that is a different thing to me than because like look playing the game playing gta 3 to blow shit as much shit up and get the cut and like run away and live as long as you can like that's clearly an intended function of that right. gameplay system mm-hmm. i don't think butchering random passerby is what you're supposed to do in a t- i don't think that was a purposeful thing put in atomic heart no that's a different way of using the game that's a little odd i will say this i have a new appreciation for the esrb and the ratings because in all honesty i do not think he should be playing the games that he's playing and i'll be fair i'll be honest i was a little um disappointed in myself for allowing him to continue playing them and not standing up to his mom my sister and telling her he should not be playing these games um i was like okay you're the parent i've never been a parent I'm going to respect you um, because it's a tough job that I've never had to do. I try to stay out of telling any parent what to do with their kids. But, man, I was right on the edge with this. I was like, I this is not good. He should I mean, not. Yeah, the kid might want to talk to somebody. Yeah. So it was a little, it was interesting to say the least. Um, and then, you know, I would be like, is anybody else doing this? And I would go look at the videos that he was watching on YouTube, and they had done like 3 million views. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, other kids are like that. So it was interesting to say the least again ask me a question and ask shane anything at all dive into a little bit more uh this friday actually when the new episode goes up but uh but otherwise it was awesome um being being able to hang out with my sister i hadn't seen in forever and haven't spent this much time with her maybe ever in my life so it was great i appreciate you guys uh being patient with how some of the content was coming in over the last week while she was here Uh, you guys were awesome and i appreciate it very much uh, let's check in with chat again. I went on a, <laughs> on a tangent there. Erebus Jones, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. 
Um, let's see what other people are saying here about this. I remember the Carmageddon controversy back in the day and thinking, why would I want to do that? Cinetype. Yeah. Um, oh, again, not a very good game. Right. Like, that's the thing is, like, it's hard to gauge. Because, like, I guess the only game that really I got really into that was, like, violent like that was Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. But that, the finishing moves were kind of a funnel extra. They were not the point of the game yeah. to me. They uh, were the point of the game to some people. Yeah. Consolize says... Uh, luckily, Shane didn't have Dead Island 2. I did have Dead Island 2, and he begged me to let him download it. But it was on my PlayStation 5, uh, where no my room. hard drive is yeah. full. And so that became my there fallback excuse for the whole week to keep him away from these games. was like, hard drive's full on the PS5. Sorry, can't delete anything. I'm about to finish all those games there. And that's what I used to steer him away from it. But then he'd just go back to playing Atomic Heart again on my Xbox. So... <laughs> um, yeah. So he wanted to play Dead Island 2, and I would just steered him away from it, luckily. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. I mean, that would definitely be uh, in his realm of interest. Not so excessive. When I was his age, I was definitely doing that. Even flying planes in the building in the game. I was 11 when 9-11 happened. Man, I've never been that way, but I guess some of you have been. Uh, Toast9, thank you. Andy T. Monahan, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, actually, Andy T. Monahan, subscribe to Tier 1. Thank you. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Um, Eric Cartmenez says, is it to the point that it's worrisome? It worried me. Yes, it did. Um, I mean, it didn't seem to worry his mom. His mom kind of seems to use games as a babysitter. Mm. Um, it didn't seem to worry her, but it definitely worried me. I mean, I wouldn't be talking about it on Game Face if it didn't worry me. Um, the Abram says, the kid seems crazy. My nephew just plays Minecraft. Because your parents only let him play Minecraft. That's why. Mm-hmm. Trust me, if your parents let him play Atomic Heart, he would play Atomic Heart. That's where the parents have to step in and be parents, in my opinion. So... Um, Okay, let's see if there's any more Twitch Prime. Rock and Roll 458, thank you. That's awesome. Um, David 5807, thank you. Who else we got here? I thought I saw a couple. The Big Smoke 82, thank you for Twitch Prime. AJ the Legend Watson, thank you. And Barry Lomax, thank you for Twitch Prime. Mr. 60, thank you. Don Lionheart, thank you. There should be a lot of you guys ready to subscribe because this is really our first show in July. We got one in right before the month turned over. Um, but this is really the first one that we've had since uh, since July, the month turned over. So a lot of you guys should be ready to help us out with Twitch Prime if you can. And we'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, there's some housekeeping for today's show. As you might imagine, there's a lot of it because we haven't been here for a couple weeks. Well, actually a week, but still there's a lot. But before we get to that, I do want to take a minute to thank people who have been pledging at the Give Me Credit tier on our Patreon, and you're seeing their names scroll um, down below us. And I'll be honest with you, I wish I did this more often. I called out the people who are helping us with um, that tier because they're pledging at $30 or more per month. Um, And they're really the people who are kind of driving the Game Face engine by pledging that much to our Patreon. And I just want you guys to know that I really, really appreciate it. I'm so busy. I really wish I had time to reach out to you guys more and thank you. I just know that every single person whose name is scrolling along the bottom there right now, I love and appreciate you guys so much. I can't even really put it into words. Uh, But I did want to call it out this week because for the first time in a long time, we had a bunch of new people join that $30 a month tier, and I want to call them out by name. Um, First up is Caleb Faruqi. Second up is Joshua P. Morgan. Third is Oliver Bluthgen. I think I said that right. And then Glenn with the extra N went the full Monty for us and went straight up to the Game Face sponsorship tier at $250 a month. And for that, my man deserves an applause. (laughs) 
But I want to thank all of you guys. Without you guys, this doesn't happen. This would have ended a long time ago. The people who are pledging the 30 bucks a month are really what's keeping Game Face going. So thank you guys so much. Um, I can't really express how much I appreciate you, all you guys, honestly, all our patrons, but really the ones who are going above and beyond at that $30 a month tier. So thanks, guys. And, and welcome newcomers, the folks who just joined that tier. We really appreciate you guys. Now it's time to get into our housekeeping, Matt. Big day today. Today is Prime Day. I feel like we talk about like Prime Day and like Black Friday every year, and both of us are just like, I'm not buying. No, anything. I, I mean, if I didn't say anything, I would never notice. Um, I'm looking. I'll be looking at some stuff. Um, I'm still waiting. By the way, people have asked me like for my DJ gear to come back on sale on Amazon. <laughs> I'm hoping just by some strange coincidence that it goes back up for sale on Amazon and it's at a discount. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, also looking maybe if I can find a cheap 4K monitor, um, because I need a 4K monitor to be able to capture in 4K. And there's some stuff that we're doing that I wouldn't mind kind of shifting up to 4K at this point. Uh, so I'll be keeping an eye on that. Is there anything that you're looking at or looking for? Nope. Um, Not that it would be on sale there. I yeah. Mean. We're a little older than most of you guys. Matt and I kind of have everything we need at this mm -hmm. point. And we're very fortunate to be able to say that. But we're, we are lucky that we're older and we've kind of bought most of the necessities that you need as an adult at this point. And it's just kind of stuff that we want now <laughs> instead mm -hmm. of stuff that we need. Um, but if you are someone who still need, needs stuff, not just doesn't want stuff, and you're looking for a bunch of deals, we've curated, I don't know, three or four different uh, Prime Day articles on Sifted. They're live right now. Um, they're roundups where the websites go and do all the work for you and find all the best deals. There's like four or five of those right now uh, up on the site curated if you want to check those out after the show is over uh, to help you spend your money and your time wisely during Prime Day today. But yeah, it's like after the first couple of Prime Days, it's just kind of lost its luster for me. Mm -hmm. I realize for well, younger people. it's also people. like the Steam sale thing where like a lot of the Prime deals are not what they once were. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you remember back in the day when it's like, oh my God, that thing's normally 50 bucks and it's like nine. Yeah, you know? that, doesn't yeah that doesn't happen, doesn't happen anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. You search around for hours and you can't find even a single deal that's like that. Mm -hmm. And so you just give up. Like after a couple years of doing that, I was like, I'm good. Like if there's something that's a really good deal, I feel like it'll bubble up for me on social media or something like that. And I'll end up finding out about it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't really dive into Prime Day anymore, but if you the guys one are, thing, the, But I'm interested in like weird shit. Like, I don't know if you saw this, it was last week, I think. Sometime, can't remember what day, Thursday maybe? Mm -hmm. Thursday or Friday? Um, Briefly, for like an hour, Amazon had new sealed copies of Majora's Mask wow. for sale at retail price. Someone found a sealed shipment box of them that had been lost in the corner somewhere for like 25 years. Opened it, scanned them in, sold them for $69.99. Wario64 tweeted about it, gone. Oh, yeah. Someone made a lot of money that Why? Day. That poor person could have made so much money. But it was Amazon that had it. Amazon it had it? It was sold through Amazon. Right, but it's just a private seller. You can sell on Amazon. No, like it was from Amazon. It was really? from Amazon's warehouses. Weird. So no That's one knows really how that weird. ended up Was there. Amazon even around when that game came out? Yeah, but they were mostly just, they were just selling books mostly then. Yeah. Were, I mean, they sold a bunch of stuff, but they were a book an online bookstore and it's weird i always see those game hunter videos on youtube and like they all sell on amazon for some reason like the guys who buy oh, yeah, stuff that and flip it but this was like this was some legit some warehouse somewhere somewhere they didn't know what they had crazy that's nuts um 
So anyway, good might have, yeah, it might have been, you know, who knows what Amazon does to get I me. Mean, they might like, they might buy out storage units or whatever yeah. and, and just have that. Someone didn't know what they had because yeah. you could have sold those for hundreds. Oh, you could have made so much money off You could have made a per game. You could have made what you made from all of them yeah. combined. Yeah. At least. As far as profit's concerned. Yeah. I went down a little bit of a rare game rabbit hole on that. And because of that and because of uh, some stuff Chris Baker was posting about Spider-Man Web mm-hmm. of Fire, the 32X game that no, no one remembers, which goes, you guess how much that goes for now if you have a sealed copy? 1200 bucks. Four thousand dollars. Oh <laughs> it's okay. a te- it's a terrible game. Yeah, but doesn't matter. They didn't. They only made like five thousand of them. Wow. And which is actually it came actually they came out of a, a things that that were posted by I don't remember who posted it. it might have been no clip, but it was like it was internal business documents from Sega about, about like the, the yearly meeting and forecasting, and it was basically like the thirty two X is dead. We're only expecting to sell to make five thousand copies of the Spider Man game. And the other bullet points were like, see about cheaper price for th- for a unit. Looking to scrap like things for games. Looking to scrap co- prices to- we could get for the remaining hardware. Like it was wow. literally like we are going to scrap everything that's <laughs> left. So so the thing about Spider Man Web of Fire is the last thirty two X game ever released. Oh. That's why it's valuable more than and Spider Man and, and Spider Man. But it's mostly because there's only five thousand of them, and it was the final, basically the final Genesis game. Yeah. When you think about it, so. Um, yeah, so that was fun. That was that was yeah. an interesting thing. People, it was just people talking about various Spider-Man games because they're like, oh my god, there was a time when a Spider-Man game, they're like, oh, this is only going to sell like 5,000 copies, yeah. and now like Insomniac's game is like one of the biggest million, things in yeah. existence. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, a, what a difference 25 years makes. Yeah. With the same character. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, let's get to the rest of our housekeeping before we get into Game Phase 349 proper. First up, huge story we've been waiting on for forever. Finally broke this morning, Matt. The FTC has lost the case against the Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft. There are no more hurdles. <laughs> could, could have saved you some time on that one, boys. Yep. If you've been watching Game Face, we've been saying this for forever, that it's going to go through all the hand-wringing, all the mm. court cases, all the hearings, all the all the PlayStation fanboys whining about it, it wasn't going to make any difference because on legal standing, there was no way... The yeah. FTC could stop this acquisition. There was no way. We've been telling you guys this all along, and I know some of you guys wavered when you started seeing some reports here and there, when you saw the UK said mm-hmm. no, but we told you it was going to go through. It did go through as of today. The only stumbling block left globally is still the UK, but also this morning it emerged that Microsoft in the UK are working behind the scenes to make the deal go through. Right. And so... Well, because the other option is just not sell things in the UK, which is probably not a thing consumers would appreciate. Which is something that I think Microsoft, one, would have been well within its rights to do, but also fiscally probably would have made sense to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it would probably... You would lose less money not selling product in the UK than you would fighting it in court. Yeah. So, and like, how is that going to... Yeah. And like in a, in a very real way, that is not, you know, the job of the FTC and the other sort of, you know, similar entities in other countries is to look out for the interests of the consumer and to be in enough of an obstacle to, to you know, to commerce that you re- deprive the consumers of the products they want is sort of anathema to the purpose of that organization. So mm-hmm. uh, I imagine they will cave on that pretty quickly. Yep. I also- um, because there's just no, there's it's, I mean, I get it. Like conglomeration is disturbing and, and but it's like, but Activision doesn't own any means of production. They don't own any patents on types. You know, you can't, they don't, it's not like they own the first person shooter. Like there's, this doesn't hurt anyone. 
Also, by the way, if you haven't figured it out by now, Matt and I are like anti-monopoly, yeah, anti-conglomerate. Like, that's just we, not what this is. It's just that's just not what it is. Like if Microsoft legally, press, it's not what it is. No, if Microsoft tries to buy Sony, then you're going to hear about it. Yeah, from me. Yeah. yeah. Or like if they or Sony or tries, Nintendo, Sony tries to buy all the factories where the chips are made for like 3D processing. Yeah. Now you've got a yeah. problem. You know, that kind, but like now Microsoft owns Call of Duty. Nobody gives. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Who cares what the logo on the box is when you buy it? It's you know? crazy that it went through all this, but at the end of it all, it is going to go through. And I'm so Microsoft I am Xbox so unplugged from Blizzard. the Call of Duty thing that when this started airing, I'm like, what is this? Why is he airing this footage? B-roll. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that must be Call of Duty. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. This is Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. And we're also getting some tricklings about this year's Call of Duty. Um, apparently a bunch of NBA players got to check that out this weekend. So it is a little weird. Usually we get the first look at the new Call of Duty the week, like a couple days before E3. Yeah, one of the either Sony or Microsoft sort of shows it off. Or so. they would do their own event. like yeah. e- Or like the day before E3 kicks off. They would do like a little thing where you could go and check it out. Mm-hmm. They'd tell you like the bullet point. We have not learned anything about this year's Call of Duty still. Except for the fact that it's real and that NBA players got to check it out this it's weekend. It's real and basketball players have seen it. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so anyway, Breaking news. It is happening. Microsoft and Xbox will own Activision Blizzard. Um, how long will it take before this actually goes through now? Uh, I would imagine it takes almost a year. You think a whole year like from that. now still? I mean, it depends. I mean, I don't know what the legality of being able to move those cogs behind the scenes while you're litigating mm-hmm. that like i right. would imagine everything about that has to freeze legally yeah. speaking and now you basically have to start from square one on the merger thing and that takes a long time yep. so i would be surprised if i mean i would expect like it to be kind of more or less happening finalized whatever like everything's sort of functioning the way we are initially going to make it function like maybe this time next year yeah also blizzard said today that diablo 4 will not be on game pass yeah, Which just seems a little weird that Blizzard's making that call right now, but I mean, it probably will be eventually. I mean, that can yeah. Once once you have to pay for the expansions, I, I think what Blizzard was hinting change. at is like now not that anytime soon. Through, like don't don't wait to buy it till like yeah. It's because like, that's what some people were doing. Yeah. They were waiting to buy Diablo Four, thinking no, if, it might. That's no, not if that happens. It'll be like a year from now <laughs> yeah. or longer. Like yeah, it, that's not a, yeah. Don't wait because it's like oh, it's gonna be on Game Pass in September. No, it's not. That's no, not, I, it'll I be promise, like a promise. year or more before Diablo Four is. Is on game yeah Pass. they're not gonna be the same company for some time yet yeah it's, it's yeah, don't not count on all and the other thing too matt is like nothing's changed no it's all everything's nothing's gonna change no. like call of duty is gonna keep being released for playstation diablo is gonna stay on playstation like yeah. any of the brands if you're a playstation fan any of the brands that you've come to know and love from activision blizzard are going to continue to be released on your platform it does really nothing for like three years yeah and even more then, and even then they may conclude that selling it's, it on all platforms is more lucrative than selling move. it only on one so yeah. i mean because they aren't that interested in selling hardware no. really so the no. only reason to make it exclusive to xbox would be to sell xboxes and they don't seem to care about that so yeah i don't i don't really know that anything's gonna really be particularly different for anyone uh who just plays the games and isn't a shareholder beyond like, I don't know, maybe you'll need an ex- a, a Microsoft account to log into Call of Duty from now on or something. Yeah. You know, like- Cinetech is asking, in what scenario or conditions do you think Xbox could make COD exclusive to Xbox consoles and PC? Whenever, I don't think there is one. Whenever they want. I mean, I mean, once the contract's up, they could do it if they I want mean, to. I mean, could but they like, renege on what they said to all the yeah, there's authorities? Nothing, yeah, there's nothing I mean, But then by. the authorities could come after them still. For what, though? If they were breaking, like, 
for example, like they promised basically. That and I think there was a formal prom- process of that. Promises don't hold anything unless they're under oath, which I don't think they are in that situation. They're not testifying. They're just saying, like, that's what we're going to do. But I think they've signed paperwork uh, to some effect that they will leave Call of Duty on PlayStation. Yeah, to a certain, to a, for a certain period of time. Maybe. But after that, they can do whatever they want. I think it'll be I, a long time until... Oh, it'll be like four or five years minimum. I think more than that. Um, well, I think that's the, the the length of the agreement, more okay. or less. Because they, basically, they just said, we're going le- we're gonna to let the contracts with Sony play out like we're not mm-hmm. gonna renege on the contracts activision already has in place those are all go- and they could like once you buy a company you basically get to reevaluate everything they've agreed to because you didn't agree to that but they just said we're gonna leave all those in place and i don't think there's any reason to believe they won't leave those in place but after that they can either renegotiate the contract or just say we're not going to do that anymore but i do believe just given the 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 scale of playstation's lead I think it's more valuable to sell PlayStation owners Call of Duty than to have it to yourself. Yeah. Well, I, so. I saw a figure that basically PlayStation makes a billion dollars a year off Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Just by selling the game for its platform, it makes a billion dollars. So how much is it worth to Microsoft to continue to sell the game on PlayStation? Probably a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of money there. So it'll be interesting to see. But and again, yeah, they're making Sony money by doing it too, but it's like at a certain point... Microsoft doesn't seem all that interested in in dominating the market. They just want to have a piece of it. Yeah, which well, they've is, been in third, as Microsoft said, it's been in third place since right. it launched the original Xbox. Yeah, it is not done particularly well there. Um, well, it did okay with three oh three sixty, but three sixty, they the three sixty is their golden era right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and, and it may just, always be. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just the way they blew it with the Xbox One is remarkable. Yeah. Like, the, the heights of the 360 down to the, to the Xbox <laughs> One, down to the bone, <laughs> is just remarkable. It like, re- I don't know really if I've is. ever seen anything like that, maybe outside of, like, Genesis to Saturn. Yeah. Like, it's comparable. It is. Yeah, very, it's pretty much equal. And it's also, like, almost as unforced an error. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, anyway, it's happening. It's coming. I don't think anyone's going to notice anything different for at least yeah, five no, or six yeah years. nothing immediate is gonna change yeah, don't sweat it playstation owners uh next up we got word yesterday that another black panther game is coming this one is from ea mm-hmm. um we obviously had black panther in marvel's avengers one of the more popular dlc drops for that game um, but we're also getting one from skydance media and they shared a trailer that was like a mashup of Black Panther and Captain America. Do you even remember this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a World War II game. Yeah. And the new game they've announced seems like a modern, like, it seems like T'Challa, probably, as opposed to this is his father, I think. Yeah. Or his grandfather. Yep. Um, and from what we're getting, basically, the new one from EA is going to be like an open world yeah. action RPG. Um, it's coming from developers with pedigree. Some of them worked on God of War. Mm-hmm. Some of them worked on Shadows of Mordor. Yeah, there's a lot of the leads from sh- the Shadows of Mordor games. Yep. And which so is if good. You were, if you were, that's, I think that's really good. Yeah. Like, it's a I, brand new I can, studio, though. I can definitely see adapting sort of how the combat works in that to something that like Black Panther would do. Mm-hmm. Um, with the verticality of it. and the, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. So I think that's a good choice yeah. as far as developers are concerned. EA, I mean, again, it's a very promising idea and pedigree and people behind it. It's just one of those things where it's like, well, we have all these, uh, you know, superhero video games announced right now. And the only one I'm really sure is going to come out right now is Spider-Man 2. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, don't forget, we have the Wolverine game. It's under yeah. development Insomniac. There's all these Marvel things. Just Which they're really out. just staffing up now. Yeah. And that's game's a long ways away still. Um, we, and we have the Skydance game. That's probably still three years away, would be my guess. 
Um, the one from EA, probably yeah. not till twenty. And the Skydance game is the one like Amy that. Hennig's involved in. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's two Black Panther games to be excited about, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it's been cra- it's been crazy to watch that character ascend. Because he was always just kind of like a has-been, like, just bit character. Like oh, what? Black Panther. Like, eh, he had his moments. When I was growing up, like, he was always yeah, the, but th- but that's, the character who was way back in the back in the sky. But that's like, all the Avengers, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, the Avengers were yeah. never anything. People don't recognize, you know, people's like, oh, like, Iron Man was a C-lister yeah. until that movie. That's true. Like, Iron Man was nothing. Nobody cared. Yeah. Like, there were people, I remember in the arcades in the 90s when the Marvel, like, Capcom fighters were out, and people would complain that they'd wasted slots on Iron Man. And Captain America, <laughs> yep. so because like why why can they do that and why they do that and not put more X Men in because mm-hmm. X Men were the they were the thing, the thing. yeah um, yeah the the Avengers were always not like losers they were they were the they were boomer they were, we, we today would call them boomer fit characters yeah like they, were, like they were like all the baby boomers grew up with them and loved them from the you know the 60s and 70s and like like the the, the guy who owned the comic shop i worked at in high school and all his friends who were they were you know they were older than us mm-hmm. much older you know like 30 or something when we were teenagers and like they were all giant fans of the walt simonson era thor mm-hmm. and we all made fun of them relentlessly <laughs> for liking thor because thor was so damn lame that and is now. not a thing that would happen today because all those characters i mean it, it, it i don't know if i've ever seen it that's the opposite of the Xbox 360, Xbox One yeah. turnaround. It's just like, and look, man, I don't care. I didn't care about any of those characters before these movies. Those movies made me care about Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and all that. So like, no, and you know, I never read a Black Panther comic on it. You know, a solo comic. Before. That was my point. Nobody did. He was just kind of this bit character for my whole life, pretty much. It's mm. been amazing to watch him. He didn't turn have these. a lot of solos. He was big in the seventies. Mm. Uh, so was Doctor Strange. Like, yeah, Doctor, he was. You know, Strange and Black Panther because they were they were part of the counterculture movement. I had time. a Doctor Black Strange Panther's comic na- this Black, big from Black, the seventies. Black Panther's name, by the way, predates the Black. Panther Party, yeah, like that's that was before that, yeah, yeah. And then they put him in a he premiered in the Avengers, and then they put him they put him in a in a comic series called Jungle Tales mm. or Jungle Adventures or something. It was just it was not a great look, but uh, that was like Tarzan or yeah. Something? It was just like oh, I remember okay. kind of. I remember those kind of. In fact, that Doctor Strange comic that I had that was like this big, I think it had the Black Panther in it. Yeah, he and might it have was been. set in the jungle with not Tarzan. There was another character Marvel had that was like Tarzan. Kazar. Kazar. Yeah. yeah. And those were the three central figures. Another in character that you will never see in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kazar and Sheena are probably never coming to the MCU. Yeah. Anyway, we're flying yeah. off course as we tend to do on Game Face from time to time. But anyway, two Black Panther games are on the way. Um, next up, we're starting to get some rumblings from The Last of Us Part Three. Um, some reliable leakers who are actually usually reliable leakers for film and television have leaked some details on the plot for The Last of Us Part 3, the video game, um, talking about how it centers around, and it, it does sound very much like The Walking Dead to me. It's making me a little nervous. But it apparently centers on a bunch of survivors who are like living in a big house-slash-mansion together and all the politics that take place there between who's the leader, who should be the leader, who's the one gathering the food, who's the one doing this and doing that. It sounds like that's going to be the crux of the plot. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, again, these leakers are reliable. Like, they've leaked big stuff for they're films reliable. and TV. They're reliable, but they're reliable because they, and they're they involved in this in part because the facilities they're using to shoot the mocap for this, which is apparently going to start later this year, that's what's on the schedule. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that's the whole game. Right, right. You know? For sure. 
Remember, there's a bunch of stuff. You remember, like, if you only saw one snippet of the second half of Last of Us 2 on some kind of shooting schedule, you'd think the whole game was about the Fireflies and you were playing as Abby the whole time. It's true. Yeah. Like, do not judge any of this shit by leaks. Yeah. It's, we, we, we do not know the plans of Druckmann. This game is still so gorgeous, by the way. It like, is. I just glanced at the TV running the B-roll, and my eyes jumped back to the television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really an amazing game still, looking at it after all this time it's been out. Uh, so anyway, maybe The Last of Us Part 3 isn't that far away, Matt. Like, I kind of yeah, thought it, it was it, like it, seven it, years away or something. I mean, it's still four years away, I yeah. would say. It's, 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 if they're just shooting the mocap starting this year, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, still full production all through next year, and then you got to animate every... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd say you're looking at 2027, if we're lucky. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just and remember, the they're going to drag that show out because they can't right. do the end of the show till they do the end of the series in the games because that's what Druckmann sees. The game will come out before the adaptation in the show. So you're looking at they're, they're they're kind of racing against themselves here. So I bet they would like it to be out in 2026, but we'll see. They also, you know, they've staffed up at Naughty Dog. Yeah. So they conceivably could finish games more quickly than they have in the past mm, if they decide that's what we'll they see. want. I mean, they also they might be staffing up for that. Uh, the fantasy game the new IP. that we haven't been heard mentioned in a couple yeah. of years. Um, We're kind of doing to learn a little bit of something. I mean, about hell, that. what was the somebody staffed up on? Um, was it the new the uh, Jedi Fallen Order three? Mm-hmm. They're they're hiring audio people for that. Yep. And the people are like, why don't you finish the patches? I'm like, I'm like, I don't think the audio mixer <laughs> is particularly involved in the performance patch for the PC guys. Like, yeah. I think it's fine that they staff up for that now. Yeah. Barry Lomax says I want to play replay part two, but not emotionally ready yet. Yeah, it's intense, man. It is one of those games where you think about playing it again. You're like, man, do I want to go through that again? That's a lot. It is a lot. Also, this part of me is like, eh, PC version? Yeah. Man? yeah it's <laughs> well, probably coming, right? Yeah, it like, probably is. Maybe next but, year, year after. But with the track record so far with PlayStation games on PC, I... Uh, no, you just wait a while. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple Last like of Us months. Part 1 is, is pretty functional. It's, it's pretty, pretty fixed now. now. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, already starting to hear some stuff on The Last of Us Part 3. That is pretty exciting. Um, next up... We finally got the first look at EA Sports' new soccer game, EA Sports FC 24. We wondered if they were going to go with the um, the annual nomenclature for EA Sports FC for the first outing. I thought maybe they might just call it EA Sports FC because you want people to forget about FIFA and kind of attach to that new IP. But nope, they're mm-hmm. going with the, the yearly. Somewhere out there, there's someone who's like, they haven't made 23 of these already. <laughs> yeah. But they are just going with the uh, year nomenclature for this. This first trailer does not show very much at all. I no. think what it does more than anything is it wants to show FIFA fans that the real players are still right. in the game. That's the whole purpose of this trailer. And we have meticulously modeled the locker rooms. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, gameplay trailer for this comes out in a few days. Um, so they wanted to put this out first. There's a little bit of gameplay in here, as you can see. But for the most part, it's just showing you, like, yeah, we lost the FIFA license, but we did not lose the license to use real players in the game. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a big question a lot of FIFA players had, a lot of FIFA yeah. fans had. Do you think, like, I always think about how the... the, um, the Notice the, they're always showing them from behind, so you can yeah, see the names see the on the names. jerseys. I always think about the cloth on the, on the and how, like, that's advanced over the last, like, 10 years is the cloth of the... The, the the clothing like no longer being part of the character's body model and yeah. being like something that is independent on top of the of model. Yeah, you think there's people out there that are trying to figure out how to simulate how like static 
works on those <laughs> soccer jerseys. When, you know, you wear yes. them and they yeah, get the, yeah, And like somewhere, are. someone's yeah. trying to figure that algorithm out so they can make it look, like hang on the body. The ones properly. that are like yeah. too po- too much yeah. polyester that always and it kind of stick clings. Because these things all hang like a perfect magneto right. cape down uh-huh. there. Like, and I'm like, that's not what it feels like to wear one of those things. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm like, not. somewhere out there, someone is trying to figure out how those things stick to people. Yeah. In a, in a more accurate way. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we will get a gameplay trailer for this here in the next couple days. This is just kind of the teaser to uh, get people on board and make them realize that some of the stuff maybe they thought was going away is not going away. It'll be interesting to see how this does without the FIFA name. Yeah. It's a big, big test for uh, EA Soccer franchise. I tend to think it's going to do just fine. I think it'll probably sell just as well as a FIFA would, but I've been wrong before and I could be wrong about this one. Um, but so far, so good, I think, for EA Sports Yeah, I don't know FC. enough about soccer fans to know how much the FIFA license carries for them, mm-hmm. like if, if and also like, I mean, it's going to depend which one's better to play. Yeah, that's a big part of it, and I think that's where the gameplay trailer. Yeah, well, also, in. I mean, this is still the FIFA people that made those games. Yeah, right? so it's so like Same basically, the, so the FIFA license game really has the uphill battle here in terms oh, of being yeah. as good a game. Oh yeah, I mean, who even has it? Like, no one's even bought it right. yet. Like, two K even hasn't snatched it up. They are making a they made a Lego soccer game instead of a FIFA game. So because yeah. there's, there's no FIFA game this year, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I they, think FIFA may come to regret not playing maybe. ball. I mean, with EA. EA's definitely got a year to like really lock this down mm-hmm. and make people trust this new before something iteration. else comes along. Yep. Uh, so anyway, first look at EA Sports FC. Not too shabby. Uh, next up, one of the final topics we're going to discuss is it came out of the crazy hearings for the Activision Blizzard um, acquisition by Xbox and Microsoft is that Microsoft believes that a PlayStation Five Slim is coming this year. For $400. Hmm. Where do you think Microsoft would have got that information? I mean, all those people talk to each other. and they Third use, party and they told use them? The, they use the same factories. They talk to third party stuff. I mean, maybe some Microsoft guy sat next to a Ubisoft developer on a plane and picked his laptop up when he left it in the, in the seat. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's happened to Ubisoft over and over again on trains. Yeah, I guess the only way we'd, we'd know that was true if, like, Suddenly, everything from the next Assassin's Creed leaked out too. Yeah, but um, maybe they're saving that for next week. But uh, <laughs> what do you think happens if a P- if there is a PS5 Slim for four hundred bucks? I don't like, even know what that looks like. What is, what is it? Well, like, I think it's just the same hardware, slimmer, cheaper. Yeah, kind of like all the Slims that they've done. I get it's a, it's kind of a weird move to me, unless it's a cost cutting move. That's for, what I think. I think they found a cheaper way to manufacture it, mm-hmm. and they're like, we'll pass along a little bit of the savings. To me, it's just so soon after it was actually became viable to just go get one. Yeah, and all of a sudden there's a new one. It has been three years though. Yeah, since it launched. So and it's like it's like how do people have paid a thousand bucks to a scalper feel now <laughs> if that happens? Like, oh, I mean, I feel like if this does happen, like, I mean, it already has a chokehold on this generation. Yeah, to me, this just puts xbox in six yeah. feet deep basically yeah i mean it's a hard sell also because like, xbox by the way a- just increased the prices of game pass and its console i have to imagine that it's not um gonna have any power difference yeah it's i think it'll be the same hardware. same thing just different just smaller different form profile. factor maybe yeah i mean it couldn't be much larger really yeah so. <laughs> that would be crazy if it was bigger yeah. they never would have called it the slim then that's yeah for sure. it'd be the playstation the ps5 maxi yeah uh, do you, what's the chance that you think of this actually happening? 
I don't know, I guess like 40%. That's exactly what I was going to say, 40%. It's yeah. just like, it's so much smoke that maybe there's some fire there, but it's mm-hmm. also like, it's so weird. Like, why? Yeah. Unless there's something internally where they figured, oh, we can save like $100 every time we make one of these. Well, if they're going to take 100 bucks off, they're saving more than 100 I yeah. would guess. Like, I mean, obviously the, the PlayStation 5 doesn't cost that much to make, mm-hmm. but it's like, if they could save a, a very notable chunk on manufacturing. But I'm like, I don't know what that would be. Mm-hmm. I mm. SSD, maybe save a little bit there now. Yeah, but like that's not it's not really going to change one way or the other. It's like it'd be about I guess fans or or heat sinks or so, I don't know. Like I don't know what you do. That I would, don't know where you save the money. No. Packer says usually he doesn't think this is going to happen. By the way, he thinks typically what happens is they charge the same amount, but they give you a bigger hard drive. Yeah. So they, so they actually. You get a bigger hard drive for the same price as the old model or whatever. Um, and that's typically how PlayStation does it, but who knows? I agree with you. I think it's 40% likely to happen, mm-hmm. or at best. I'm also, I saw some people sneak in here with Twitch Prime. I want to thank them. Um, Fire Native, thank you. Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime. Lazy Worm, thank you for Twitch Prime. I saw you guys sneaking in there. I want to make sure I get you guys into the episode. Um, See if there's anything else you guys in here. Uh, Rock and roll 458. Losing the FIFA license does not actually matter that much as the biggest FIFA tournament is the World Cup, but that's not a primary focus in these games typically since that's every four years. This is true, um, but and this is the last year they will have a World Cup in an EA soccer game. The Women's World Cup is about to happen, mm-hmm. and they are getting ready for that inside FIFA, but that will be the last time that a World Cup is inside an EA soccer game for the foreseeable future. So... Um, the Abrams says PlayStation lowered the price to 450 euros here in Croatia. Interesting. Hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't heard that. So can like the e, the EA in their game? Can they just have the players play like a tournament for like the the global dish? <laughs> global Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they probably can. They'll find a way to work around it. I think. Um, we'll see. Um, Erebus Jones asks, Do you think they might just be trolling Sony by leaking the reduced price when no such plan existed? But. No, this I is don't. internal stuff because this so was they'd internal. Have, they'd have to be lying to each other. This wasn't like a leak. This was yeah. in the discovery process. You have to send like all your emails over, mm-hmm. all your documentation over, and they just found it in there when Sony sent the discovery over. So yeah, it wasn't like some troll or anything like that. Um, I see what you're thinking, but just the way this actually happened, that's not the case. Um, Swanland says, "I think it's more they start focusing on current gen completely. Before that, they are still developing cross gen for later consoles." Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I think we're seeing the Switch this year, where almost mm-hmm. all games are next-gen only now. Yeah, even, like, the dumb ones. Even, in, <laughs> even indie, yeah. stu- even yeah, indie stuff exactly. is starting to, like, forget yeah. the older consoles. And that, that typically is the last to move. So, yeah. Uh, another story from this week for housekeeping is that um, they're remaking Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Skull and Bones just can't get a break. Yeah. <laughs> like this, like the Assassin's Creed team was just like, fine, we'll do it ourselves. Like, yeah. Wow. This game is only about 10 years old, a little less than 10, I think, maybe eight years old. I think it's more than that. Is it? Is it older than it's that? A, I think, because I think we definitely, when was this? This was, this was, was this a launch title? I don't think so. Rogue was a launch title for the new, for the Xbox One and PS4. That sounds about right. Rogue came out. No, it was uh, Unity, and Rogue came out for the previous gen consoles. And Rogue was an right, evolution. Right, right. That's and right. It came Rogue out was PS2. an evolution of Black Flag, which is like a year or two before that, because mm-hmm. it was a follow up to three. I want to say Black Flag was 2012 or 2013. It's around 10 years old. Yeah, is that too early to remake a game, Matt? Now I realize people love this game. 
Um, and a lot of people are like, you know what? I wouldn't mind just playing I don't it think again, period. I don't know. I mean, I replayed it on PC like a year or two ago, and it still works. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't um, seem like it's... I mean, we're watching the launch trailer for it right now. It still looks pretty damn good, particularly when you compare it to, like, new Ubisoft games. Like, that engine hasn't evolved all that much since this. Um, it does seem a little bit earlier to me, but the other thing I've discovered, Matt, is that a lot of people are excited for this, and they're like, I'll pay for it again. 2013. Okay, so it's about so it's 10, 10 years, years old. It's 10 years old this yeah. year. I mean, this game conceivably is still a couple years away, so that would be 12 years probably. Yeah, I mean, I it's... I bet you could make it look really cool now mm-hmm. like with modern tech, like, I'm, you know, the, the ray tracing and all that stuff, like the ship battles would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Game like, still looks damn good. It's good. <laughs> I like Rogue better than this one, partly because I think uh, Shay Kenway is a, uh, Shea, not his name is Kenway. Is it Kenway? I Shay is a more interesting character. Than, I think you're uh, combining his name Connor with the last Kenway. name. Connor of, Kenway is yeah. this guy. Yeah. Shay is a more interesting character than Connor. Mm-hmm. Is it Connor? Connor's the Assassin's Connor's Creed from Assassin's guy. Creed Three. Isn't whatever, he? whatever this guy's name is, yeah. Edward Edward Kenway. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's been a while, uh, but like these are still fun games. I mean, I still my main complaint with this and Rogue is I don't like it when they make me get off the boat. Yeah, uh, when you make <laughs> me play Assassin's Creed and that was the idea games. behind Skull and Bones. Right. I think like it's, <laughs> all you needed to do was do that, but for the whole game, it's so weird. Faradol says Shay Cormac. Okay, yeah. Um, Kenway is from Assassin's Creed Three. And it is Edward Kenway from Assassin's Creed 3, I believe. Edward Kenway? I think so, yeah. That's what I remember. Anyway. I, thought that was, I thought Edward Kenway is this, the Black Flag guy. Oh, I, th- I think it's Shay Cormac. Isn't Shay it? Cormac is the rogue guy. He's the, oh. he's, the, he's the assassin that turns Templar. Interesting. In that. That's why it's called Rogue. Oh, right, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, the, the lore of this, these games really stuck with us, it turns out. <laughs> it's um, a lot to follow. It's a lot to remember. And Connor, and ten Connor, years ago. Connor is three. Connor is the, the, the son of, of the more interesting character you start in that game is the Templar <laughs> guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, Erebus says Ed Kenway is the Welsh guy in Black Flag. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, what I've, what I've learned but This by, is like years away anyway. Well, so, a couple years would be my yeah. guess, um, the remake. But what I've learned is that people are ready to pay for it again. Are you yeah. surprised by that at all? No, I'd, I'd, I'd buy it. Yeah. I like this game. You know, there's a nostalgia to too. it now already, you know, 10 years ago. If you, were, if you were playing this game when you were 16, you're almost 30 by the time yeah. this comes out. Like, sure, that's that's prime area. We're very old. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hashtag old. That's for sure. Uh, but anyway, they didn't say when it's coming. In fact, this leaked. This is, wasn't an official Ubisoft announcement. But once again, this is coming from reliable leakers. Um, Ubisoft can never keep anything secret. I think we know that already. Uh, so anyway, I guess 2025 probably we'll see this remake or whatever. And by then, you know, they'll have Unreal Engine 5 whipped and it'll look amazing. So um, a couple more years to wait for that. Um, another piece of housekeeping from the week. And again, it's been a busy week. Um, CD Projekt Red tried to rewrite history on Cyberpunk 2077, Matt. Their, P- their head of PR basically said that all the negativity around... Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 at launch was just people piling on and it becoming kind of like an internet zeitgeist. And it wasn't the fact that... <laughs> no, that game ran like shit when it came out. I remember... I was there. I remember that. Yeah. There was nothing else to do. It was 2020. Yeah. I mean, I... I on PC and on PlayStation. I played it on all three systems. And yeah. it was... It ran like garbage on all three of them. I played on PS5. And it actually it ran and played okay, but you can't deny that the PS4 and Xbox Xbox One versions of this game were a disaster. 
Yeah. A complete disaster. You can't act like you didn't release those. I mean, they never should have put them on. They should. It should have been a next-gen only game from the beginning. Yeah. And that's how most people but, played it, because when it came out, nobody had a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. Everybody had PS4 and Xbox One. So the vast majority of people who played this game at mm-hmm. launch played the bad versions of the game. So what are they talking about? Like, it, it really bothers me on a core level of of worrying about the truth and having an alternate facts. Like, just like you're they're saying we are so powerful and so listened to that we can just make up our own reality and some people will believe it. Well, it's doubly weird for this company, which has spent so much time with previous games being like, yeah, we screwed that up. So we're going to give you the enhanced version of Witcher for free. Right. And it's like, that's a very different move. Um, I mean, I'm very, and also like, if it was so perfect when you released it, why are you completely overhauling how the game works in September? Yeah. Like not just in performance wise, but in terms of how the gameplay mechanics are. Yeah. So yeah, that's a very strange PR choice. It's crap, honestly. And I hate that that's like a part of our society now where people are like, you know what? I don't like the truth. So I'm going to make up my own truth. And if I have enough people who follow me or enough fans or whatever, there's a certain yeah. amount of our society I, that's going to be like, no, now that's the truth. I have a hard time believing they're going to get away with that with this. There's too many people that are still mad about how that... Th- I mean, for God's sake, Hello Games still gets shit for No Man's Sky. It does, Like, yeah. ten... How long ago was that? Yeah. Seven years ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, and it, and they've, like, actually fixed everything and gone well beyond, beyond what anybody yeah. expected for that game, even at launch. Cyberpunk is going to have to deliver in September with his overhaul. Um, I mean, the performance is fine now, more or less, on the mo- next-gen stuff and modern PCs, but, like... Yeah, there's there's a I don't uh, the, the the game there's one thing that hardcore gamers can do is hold a grudge, and uh, th- I don't think they're going to get away with this one. Uh, they're going to they're going to get mocked for this one, no question. It, it seems like most people have mocked them for it, but there's hardcore CD Projekt Red fanboys out there. Believe me, I know better than anybody <laughs> that there's hardcore CD Pro- delusional hardcore CD Projekt Red fanboys out there, which I you know I was kind of shocked to find out about, but it's the truth. Um, so anyway, CD Projekt Red trying to have its cake and eat it too on Cyberpunk 2077. And as always, Game Face isn't having it. Um, we also got the debut of NBA 2K24 this week, Matt. Something that we definitely would never talk at length about on Game Face. And the big feature for the game this year is crossplay. Hmm. That's where that series is at this point, where it is... I, it's just struggling to find new features. I would guess if this is the thing they're coming out of the gate with, is that now you can play mm-hmm. people on Xbox if you're a PlayStation owner. And also sometimes that stuff feels like, oh, are you worried about having a large enough user base to fill out five, your online games on individual platforms? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the biggest story other than Kobe is the cover athlete this time, which obviously struck a chord here here in L.A., but I don't know how much everywhere else. Um, people, people like him. He's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> he really was a jerk. Great basketball player, but he's kind of an a-hole. Yeah, but tragedy will uh, change will change change perception on it that. It does sometimes, yep. Uh, so anyway, NBA 2K24 coming as usual at the end of the year. It's usual release date. It always releases within like a week of where it does a year prior. Um, and then the final piece of housekeeping for this week is we got the first announced Street Fighter VI DLC character, and it is Rashid. Are you surprised that they're bringing him in first? No, he's uh, he's very very popular in the last one. He's very popular. Um, he was like an Evo, like he was an Evo darling. Yeah, uh, one of the strongest characters in the game, no question. Um, and like if you watch this teaser thing, 
uh, they are showing off the animation. Mm-hmm. And it, like he, he, you know, they, this game already has really great animation. It really but does. Rashid's stuff is next level, especially with the with his clothing hanging on. It, it, yep. It's very impressive. Yeah, it looks great. Um, and to your point, he's extremely popular. Yeah, yeah, and I'm surprised he wasn't on the base roster. In all honesty, I feel like maybe they needed a little extra time on him because he's he uh, just looks so complicated yeah. in terms of visuals and animation. That could be. Um, but he is the first DLC character, and then we found out this morning. I didn't have enough time to really get it into the show. Look at how much cloth physics is happening with him, even by the standards of this game. Like it's remarkable. Yep. Uh, we also found out the first DLC character for Mortal Kombat One today, and it is the Homelander from The Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a little weird to be I mean, the first DLC character. Yeah, he's he's going to get the most chatter. Hype. Yeah, yeah. so it's probably going to coincide pretty well with the new, a new season or something, or announcement or something. I wonder when the next season of The Boys is going to be ready. But, no, the, the guest characters for the first uh, wave seem to be him, uh, Ultra, uh, Ultra, no, Omni-Man from Invincible, and... Um, Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So, which is interesting because Homelander and Omni Man are kind of similar. They are. Some, you know, the Superman ver- analogs, evil, evil Superman versions. They're different looks, but like it'd be interesting. I mean, I, they both are good fits for the for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. And so is Peacemaker. Like mm-hmm. they're you know, but Peacemaker is more interesting a little bit because you're like, oh, is it going to be John Cena? Is right? Are they going to use him? Is that you know? Probably not. Be I, my guess. Know, I don't know. He'd probably be up for it. It just matters if they want to pay for it. That's what I'm guessing. But the moolah, man. But it's like that. What else is Warner Brothers Interactive throwing money at right now? Yeah, that's true. But I, mean, I keep waiting for them to be sold. <laughs> yeah, I keep waiting to wake up one day and find out that someone has bought I, Warner Brothers Interactive. All I can say is that they better uh, his uh, Peacemaker's win thing better involve that opening credits song. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if he doesn't just dance to that as his win pose, like you've fucked up. You've messed up. Yep. Uh, so there you go. That's all the housekeeping for Game Phase 349, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to hear, if I get the TriCaster ready, it's time to hear a word from our sponsor. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. So I can't say enough good things about LS Cream. My sister, as I said, was in town this week, and we were mixing up drinks with LS Cream pretty much every night when we get back from running around LA. I have converted her... She is now going to go home and buy some LS cream. Hopefully when she does that, she'll use the URL creamls.com slash sifted so they can keep track of people who are checking out LS cream via our sponsorship. Again, head to the website creamls.com slash sifted. There's drink recipes. There's a bunch of awesome stuff there. Brand new website. In fact, if you go to that URL, our logo is on there, which I thought was pretty cool. The nice little touch there. Uh, so anyway, support our sponsors. Support your fellow gamers. Support your fellow sifters. Go to creamls.com and buy a bottle or 10. Uh, And with that, it's time to kick off Game Phase 349 proper. We're gonna kick things off with 
a fun little game that I've been playing this week, and I've surprisingly got to play a lot more of it than I thought I was going to be able to, and that is Pikmin 4. Hmm. Pikmin 4, there's a demo on the Switch eShop right now. Have you got a chance to play it, Matt? A little bit, not too much. All I know is that it talks too much. It talks too much? A lot, I, just the tutorial stuff was uh, a lot of text. Yeah. Um, the demo that is up on the eShop is way bigger than I thought. Like, I ended up playing it for like two hours, ultimately. I got to like day five before they finally cut me off. Hmm. Um, and the other thing I would say, too, is that... It's Pikmin. It's Pikmin, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I expected like a huge departure for Pikmin 4. I don't Pikmin know what 4. that would be. I don't know what that really, would be, yeah, but like, you know, I don't get paid the big bucks to figure that stuff out either. I'm just the guy who sits here and like criticizes it when they get done doing it. Um, but they have not really found a, a big sort of shift in how the game is played for Pikmin 4. Um, there are changes and new elements to it, to be sure. Definitely the biggest of those is the dog Owachi. I don't know why they named the dog Owachi. I wonder if you re-scramble. Yeah, it's a scrambled It's a palindrome for something, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm sure. What is it, I wonder? I don't know. Owachi. O-A-T-C-H-I. Now my brain is trying to figure it out. Owachi? Um, it's a hard name to remember for whatever reason, so I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with something more common. But he is the big addition to the game. When you first start, actually, you're playing as Captain Olimar. He also already has a dog as a little sidekick, but when the game starts, you play as him, and he lands inside a house for the first time, as you're seeing here. And what happens is he gets into trouble, and whatever, the, what is the organization that they all work for? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't. I do remember uh, his ship. You have your Pikmin lore. You're asking. The <laughs> I do remember his ship is called the uh, SS Dolphin, yeah, which is the, named after the GameCube's Game like yeah. processor or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that stuck, obviously, is still called the SS Dolphin. But anyway, the organization that Olimar works for, he gets into trouble. He sends out a distress signal, and the organization sends a whole like response team out to save Olimar. Well, as luck would have it, as they're approaching the planet that he's on. Their ship has a malfunction, and they all crash land on the planet, and they're all scattered all over the planet. This game takes place on Earth, correct, Matt? Yeah. That's I, the, it's the implication, unless there's an alien planet, has Duracell. Yeah, but I don't think they've ever said that it's Earth, no, have they? No, but it, 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 Duracell batteries. Right. It's definitely, it's definitely well, on Earth. There's also Nintendo handhelds in yeah. this that you dig up. Um, so anyway, they're scattered all over Earth, and you get called in as the guy who has to go and save the people who are trying to save Olimar. And that's kind of the plot. Um, and you can create your own character. They don't name him and pre-create him for you. And I will say this, the character creation tools in this are real simple. There's like, as you can see right here, right on cue with the B-roll. There's like four body types. There's like 10 faces. There's like eight hairdos and like a handful of, of colors that you can choose for both the hair and for your space outfit. Um, but they do give you the opportunity to create your own, which is something different for a Pikmin game. They've never really done that before. Um, and then you set out. And the big objective, really, if you remember, for most Pikmin games, the big objective is to collect all your, your parts so you can rebuild your ship and then fly away from Earth. In this, initially, there is some parts that you have to collect. But after you get the ship kind of functional, the real objective is to find all the people. Because the people that you find as you go through all the different levels and everything are specialists, they're scientists, they're tech people. And eventually what happens is you create this collection of people who stand outside the ship every morning 
And you can go to them and you can do things like level up Owachi, the dog. You can level up your abilities. So there's like some very light RPG elements to this. Um, the Owachi upgrades are pretty awesome. It's Ochi, Ochi, And I guess it's a pun on the Japanese word for sit. For sit? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense in some like, like kind a of weird way. For a dog <laughs> kind of thing. Um, when you first get Oachi, all he can do is he's strong. He can bust through like barriers and he can drag stuff. You just saw him like dragging that like tree through that opening or whatever. But as you go on, you can level him up and he can does all kinds of stuff. Like eventually you can ride on him like he's a, a mount. But not just you, all your Pikmin ride on him as well. And it creeps me out, Matt, because <laughs> it reminds me of have you ever come across a spider? Wolf, the wolf spiders that carry all their babies. I mean, yeah. a lot of spiders do. And you come across a spider. The famous and it, one is the wolf spider. Yeah. That. And it almost looks like blurry when you look at it. And then you look close and you realize there's a million babies on its back. Mm -hmm. That's what happens with Ochi in this. Like all the Pikmin jump on his back and he can carry him around and carry you. It's a little creepy looking the first time that it happens. At least it's not like what the frogs do where they pop out of the skin. Right. <laughs> that's true. That's a, that's a good point. Don't tell me. Don't tell me a motto about that. He'll do that. Yeah, exactly. The next one. Yep. Um, so the objective of the game is to find all the scientists and the gearheads who are, were a part of the crew, return them to the ship, and then use them to help eventually rescue Olimar and get off of the planet. Um, if you only ever played the first Pikmin, you may think that this, set, this franchise still has a 30-day time limit. And basically how that game worked was you had 30 days to get off the planet. And if you didn't do it, you had to start the game all over or go, go back to an old save or whatever. It was annoying, and it was one of the things that people criticized about the first one. Since then, they have ditched that 30-day time limit, and that is also the case in Pikmin 4. You have as many days as you want or you need in order to get off the planet. Now, you still have the daily time limit, so you have to get everything done before the sun sets. Later on in the game, eventually you get Glow Pikmin, which let you actually stay out at night and keep completing objectives and fighting enemies at night. But up until day five or day six that I played this, that had not happened. So still, when the clock starts counting down, you need to get back to the ship, get all the Pikmin back to the Onion, otherwise they all die. And that part of it is still the same, at least through the first couple hours of the game that I've played. As you venture around, you find new Onions so that you can then store and take different types of Pikmin out of the Onion. So right now it's only red because I only have the red Onion. Eventually you get the yellow onion and the un the red will have like a stripe of yellow on it. And eventually you're able to take all your Pikmin out of that one onion. Now, the way the days work in this is kind of important because Matt, do you remember, was it Pikmin 2 or Pikmin 3 where there were those dungeons, like the underground that you would go down into and you'd fight was, underground? It was definitely in 3. I don't remember if 2 had that. I think it was 3. And they were kind of like cordoned off and like separate from the game. There were things that you could kind of choose to do and you didn't really necessarily have to do it in order to complete the game. In this, the underground stuff is integrated into the game proper. So as you venture around, you'll find these little hatches that you can jump down and you go down underground and fight underground. But now there's important parts and other stuff that you need that are, that are mission essential underground. So you have to go underground. But the way you can manage the time in this game is when you go underground, there is no time taken off of the, the meter. They say that it's drastically slowed down. I couldn't tell that any time went off the meter when I went underground. I'm not 100% sure that no time goes off, but I thought that no time went off. So what you do is you stay above ground for the whole day, 
And then when the, the timer starts to get into the red, showing that you're, the day's about to end, then you go to one of the hatches and you go underground. And you can st- I found I could stay underground as long as I wanted, and it never seemed to change the clock. So you go underground, get do the whole dungeon underground, finish everything, collect everything, and then come up, then go to the onion to finish the day. And it does change how you play Pikmin. At least for me it has, anyway. Um, how far did you get, Matt, before you gave up? Did you even get to pass the Olimar part? No. Okay, so you were still in like the, the indoor house yeah. while you were playing it. What kind of things did you notice while you had spent some time with it? I, it's Pikmin. Like, yeah. I, I, it, it, I really didn't hook me. Really? really? It did no. me. I, I didn't. I don't know. Are you a fan of Pikmin? No. Oh, you're not? You um, never, you although, never enjoyed although them? Although one of the main things was I didn't like the time limit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the time limit on the daytime even the daily time limit but uh, the main thing was like oh you got 30 days to do it and so every time you're like i'm ahead of the curve am i wasting all my time because i screwed one thing up or whatever um i don't know i also i don't i'm not a huge fan of games where i'm not in direct control of what's happening Mm -hmm. and i get very easily frustrated when i'm throwing pikmin at things and they are not doing what i fucking want them to do or they just they stay there I'm just, I, I just I hate that like and like it's I mean I know it was sort of like one of those things it's like a real-time strategy game really but I am rarely as frustrated in real-time strategy games as I have been in Pikmin 1 and 2 yeah um, and then of course you make one mistake and something rolls over all the it's like meh <laughs> or they all oh, fall in the water and they yeah, all die it's, it's just <laughs> you gotta start over and do everything and you don't have enough time in the day to get back to that point you gotta do it another day and it's just like I don't know like it's just it's it's adorable but it's tedious as fuck and yeah honestly a lot of the tedium has not been removed from this which i was kind of surprised at for example like if you tell your pikmin to take something back to the onion like they'll just go back to the onion and then just stay under the onion Mm -hmm. it's like no come back to me like i should at least have the option to set it up so if the pikmin go back to the onion there's a command for them to come back to me from the onion so i don't have to run all the way back to the onion to corral them again and get them to be a part of my team. That seems like a no-brainer to me. Now, one thing they did do to improve some of the tedium in this game is they let you move the base now. So it used to be like you had the one base and they would let you open up like shortcuts that would help you get back there more quickly. Now, there are certain sections in the game where you can just move your base. So you can move the ship and you can move the onion to that specific place to keep the back and forth from becoming an annoyance. It still could become an annoyance when you have to send 20 of your Pikmin to carry something back to the ship and you need those Pikmin then to keep fighting. Like, I would prefer to have some kind of an option where I can just instruct them, once you drop it off, come back and join me. If I lose a couple of you guys to a couple enemies along the way getting back to me, that's cool. I know that's part of the risk. At least give me the option to do it. That, to me, I think would be a huge upgrade a huge change yeah i mean that's pretty standard you know you, you group somebody together you put them on a keyboard you put them on a number key you hit the thing click near you bring them back and if something happens to them along the way you'll deal with it but yeah. like but that's sort of the the limitation of having um you know the the character be the source of all the commands like you know like there's no omnipotent mm-hmm. mouse click there's you know yeah. and, and like it's inherently limiting and uh, there's a reason RTSs work the way they do, and Pikmin sort of forgoes that, and there's advantages to that in terms of, you know, having attachment to the characters more. Like, it brings it down to more of a personal level, which is probably intentional on Miyamoto's part, because that's always something he cares about, but, like, at the same time, you're just adding a lot of extra work for the player that is not 
really necessary. Yeah. And maybe was necessary more when you were establishing the concept with the first game or the second game. But you probably don't need to keep doing that in four. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Um, and then you just saw one of the new Pikmin in the game, the Ice Pikmin. That's a brand new one for this game. And I already talked about the Glow Pikmin, which are new to this game. Obviously, the Ice Pikmin can freeze stuff. Um, and that's integral to this game because once you freeze something, then you charge it with Ochi and they shatter. And so it becomes almost like a combo that you use as you play through the game. You freeze stuff and then you use Ochi. Or you can even just use normal Pikmin to eventually shatter it as well. But Ochi is just a one-shot deal and he, he shatters it. There's also like a new menu that you use. Um, using the Pikmin, I found it, and I can't quite remember how the old games work, but in this one I really like how they do it. You just tap the shoulder buttons left or right and it cycles through all your different Pikmin types. And, it's, and Ochi is a part of that as well. And then once you get to Ochi, he has a bunch of stuff that he can do. So he can charge, he can carry people or whatever, but he can also get like new collars. Like he can get an anti-shock collar so he won't get electrocuted. Like the RPG elements in this are, there. it's not an RPG obviously, but they're a lot more extensive than I thought that they, they were going to be. And a lot of that centers around how you can upgrade Ochi even more than your playable character in a lot of cases. Um, so there are new Pikmin and there's new things that you can do with those Pikmin that does expand the game a little bit, but not a ton. Um, and then there are return of old favorites. The yellow Pikmin can still deal with electricity and you can throw them farther. So if there's objects sitting up high, you need to make sure you have yellow Pikmin with you so you can throw them up high enough so they can carry it down off the ledge and take it back. Um, so there's the campaign. I played two hours of it. It felt like I was still just scratching the surface of it. And then there's also a mode called Dandori Battle Mode. And this is where players um, take different sides of a small map and they go head to head with Ochi and a bunch of Pikmin. Um, basically racing to collect treasures um, and sneaking bombs underneath the opponent's ship to blow up their cash. Um, it's like all time, and you're basically just trying to score as many points as you can. That's not in the demo, by the way, but that will be in the final game. Um, I really enjoyed this, Matt. Like, I had a lot of fun playing this game. Um, it did hook me. Like, I was locked into this. So you can see I've collected now a few of the, sh the ship members, the crew members, and once that happens... After every day ends and you wake up in the morning, you come out and now you can see Ochi's now have the ability has got the ability to carry Pikmin. But as you come out every morning to start the day, they're all standing there and you just go to each one of them and use the materials that you've collected. You collect materials to level stuff up in this, by the way, which is something else that's new for Pikmin. You use all the materials that you've collected to upgrade either Ochi or your playable character to have new abilities. And then just Sometimes, like with Ochi, the ability, like after the first day with Ochi, you wake up the next day and he grows, like to double his size or whatever. And then, like a couple days after that, he attains the ability to carry Pikmin and, it, and you can ride him then from that point forward. And once you use him as a mount, you can jump because you can't jump in this game. Uh -huh. But once you're on him, you can actually jump up on certain heights of platforms, which opens up new parts of the level. And that's really what this game is about. is you start in like a, a yard area, but everything's like blocked off. You have your immediate area that you can access, but you need to do stuff. So right now you're seeing Pikmin building a bridge. Did you see earlier when they were collecting like those those uh, silver like shards, those like drops of silver almost? Yeah. So you collect those through the game that allows them to build stuff. So once you've collected enough of those kind of ice shard crystals that have gone back into your ship, that's how many pieces your Pikmin can then use to rebuild stuff. So for that particular bridge build right there, you probably didn't notice it. But what happened was I had ran out of enough of, enough of those shards to build the bridge. So I had to go back and try to find some more of those shards, 
get them into the onion. Then I can throw more Pikmin at it, and they'll go back, get the shards, bring them back, and build the bridge. Again, another new mechanic to it. Now you're seeing Ochi's ability. There's the shards that I was talking about. Now you're seeing Ochi's ability to charge through stuff. Not only can he charge through objects, he's also very handy in combat for that. Eventually, you get an upgrade ability after he has become a mount and he can carry Pikmin. You charge an enemy, and once you make contact with the enemy, all the Pikmin that's on Ochi's back flies onto the enemy, and they start attacking him immediately. Those are kind of the upgrades that you get for Ochi as the game goes on. So I don't know if I would feel right if they changed the game so much that I didn't recognize it as Pikmin, but I do feel like they've done a pretty good job of finding new angles on some things. They haven't fixed everything. Like, again, like right there, for example. You just find Pikmin just standing around all the time, still in this game. Um... And uh, the other thing that levels up over time, too, is how many Pikmin you can take out. That's one thing that when you level up your actual playable character, that increases the amount of Pikmin that you can wrangle at a time. Um, once you go to the Onion, like they show you like how many you have of each one. And you can grab exactly how much you want of each one. There are quality of life improvements to this is what I'm getting at. But some of the biggest issues I've had with Pikmin in the past have not been fixed, which is a little curious. Particularly since we've heard that this game has been done for like years now. Which I find a little strange. Uh-huh. Um, but I really enjoyed yeah, it, I wonder Matt. how true that is in hindsight. I, I know he said that, but it's like, well, what was going on? You know, right. Who knows? We'll never know. Well, we definitely won't. <laughs> but I did get hooked on this game, and I did not want the demo to end. When it ended, I, was, I felt like things were just starting to really get rolling. Um, I was like, okay, I've got Ochi, he can carry all my Pikmin, and that completely changed the game. I mean, I just wasn't really in the mood for a slow burn on this level yeah. when I played it. I'll try it again when the full game comes out. Yeah, I, I honestly had a lot of fun with it. I do recommend that everybody go and download the demo. After you play this demo, you will absolutely know whether you should buy Pikmin 4 or not. If you've never played Pikmin before, this is a great crash course, It and you and again... And the two hours that they give you to play this thing, you get to access. I think I had four Pikmin types by the time it was done. Like, I don't even know. I didn't get the glow Pikmin. I didn't get the rock Pikmin. But I think that might be it. Like, this demo, really, they get you through a lot of the game. Have they shown all the Pikmin that are going to be in this? I don't think so. Not yet. Um, Not to the best of my knowledge, anyway. There's probably still a couple more new types in there we don't know about. Maybe. There could be. Um, they haven't typically they would show the new title like they just showed the glow pikmin for the first time like a week and a half ago or something so maybe they do have like one or two more left to go still i'm not sure um but there are tweaks this isn't just the same old pikmin and i think for the most part there are a lot of quality of life improvements it's just to me some of the most glaring ones from prior games are the ones that haven't been included yet um in the franchise and the way this is going like we may not get pikmin 5 for 10 years or something (laughs) like that which I think is about the right amount of time between Pikmin games, to be honest. Like, you're still not ready to play another Pikmin. Not really. And I didn't, like, get super into 3 anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that might have been just a function of not wanting to turn the Wii U on. That could be. Or the fact that maybe your Wii U wouldn't turn on. <laughs> no, it was fine. It still, it still works. Um, Age of the Legend Watson asks, does progress carry over? It does. Yep. So if you play this demo, it will carry over to the final game. Um... And you can even like go, you can play it multiple times if you want to. There are multiple save slots. If you play it once and you're like, oh, I don't like how that went and I want to be better prepared for when the final game comes out, uh, you can totally do that. You can start another save and play through it differently if you want to. Um, but yes, your save for this does carry over to the final version of Pikmin 4. So there's a little more added. I know that's a kind of a deal breaker for you, Matt, these days. Yeah. 
Um, so that that is sort of one thing. If you do want to give it a go, you'll be able to hit the ground running when Pikmin 4 finally does come out uh, for final retail. Uh, but I really enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun with it. A couple annoying things still in the game, but for the most part, they fixed a lot of them. I like the new Pikmin. I like Ochi a lot. Um, I like the light RPG elements. The story is better than most Pikmin games. There actually is a story. There's a lot more writing in this. Not a ton of voice acting still, though. Uh, but as you, to your point, there is a lot of text to get through when you're playing this. A lot to read. Um, so there is, there's just a little bit more of everything in this that I think pe- modern game players expect. Um, and so it, I think it has maybe been brought up to modern standards for the most part, but not 100% there. But... Pikmin 4 is coming out this month. It's probably the biggest game release of the month. I kind of struggled to use this as the thumbnail for Dossier for this month. There's also Remnant 2 coming out. This is definitely bigger than Remnant 2. Yeah, I mean, it'll sell more than Remnant 2, but that's kind of where we're at in July. It is a slow month. July is always a slow well, let month. Let me put it this way. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to play this one. Yep, because <laughs> so. you're going to have to. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have nothing to uh, to talk about on the show here in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, it is, July is kind of a slow month, actually. Uh, there's only a few big games. There's some pretty cool indies that are coming. But for the most part, all the big budget games yeah. are pushed to later in the year, which that's how July usually works. We're just waiting for... Uh... Waiting for August. Yeah. Waiting for Baldur's Gate. Oh, boy. They're saying that game's 95 hours long yeah. on, the, on the small side. Well, they were if saying, you, like, rush through it. Well, there was, no, they were saying, like, 95 to rush, 175 or 200 to do everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, which, you know, that's about Baldur's Gate. But that's also, yeah, that's August. That's still a ways away. So we August wait for, for, for PC. Right. Yeah, because the console versions of that don't come out until the end of the year. Is that right? Uh, September 6th. Oh, okay. So they pushed, it's only like a month later. They pushed the console version like a week and a half, and then they moved the PC version up a month to get to get it away from Starfield. You're going to have to play Baldur's Gate 3, which I know you're going to. Yeah. Because my PC is not worthy. You're, you can probably play I it. I could play it. Yeah. It's not going to look My B-roll good. will look like ass. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's Pikmin 4. It's coming out here in a couple weeks. Obviously, it is a Switch exclusive, so if you don't own a Switch, there's not much you can do to play it. Um, and that really is the biggest game of the month, mm-hmm. unless, yeah. unless you're super into uh, Exoprimal. Yeah, which we'll be talking about, I think, next week on the show. Ugh. That's on Game Pass, by the way. Good. That's uh, Capcom's Dino Crisis troll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. They're just trolling all their fans who want Dino Crisis with this. I still don't understand it. Like, why wouldn't you at least just staple the Dino Crisis name onto it? I don't it's know. so weird. It's just... It's... It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so anyway, there, I don't know if there's another game for the rest of the year that is less interesting to me than that. Like, it's, yeah. Especially given like the, the 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 ratio of like that interest to like promotion. Yeah. Like how much time they've spent on it. It's just like it's it feels like from another generation. It's mm-hmm. so archaic. Yeah. I, mean. I agree. Yep. Uh, let's take a look at chat. I see a couple questions from you guys in here. I'm going to answer. Um, El Guapo three three eight five. Sorry, I've, I missed it. But is one and two included with four? They are not. They are released as separate products yeah. right now. They're already up, right? Yeah, they're already available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are not a part of Pikmin 4. It just so happened that like while they were talking about Pikmin 4, they also announced Pikmin 1 plus 2. Um, and are there notable upgrades to the first two games? I think I kind of went over those already. There's new Pikmin. There's the new dog, Ochi, which does a bunch of new stuff. There's some quality of life improvements as well, but not 100% covered at this point. Um, Vincent says, that's why you have multiple captains. You can control the dog separately. I'm not sure what he means by multiple captains. I never played with more than one captain. I only played with one. 
So maybe later in the game he's talking about. I haven't seen any news stories about that. Um, you, but you can control the dog separately, even if you just have one captain. Because you can just dismount, you can get off him, and you can control him like he's a Pikmin. So you can send him to attack and break stuff, even if you're not riding on him. Um, so maybe that's what he's getting at, but I only ever did that with one captain. I never had multiple captains. Um, okay. Um, Nopsirk says Exoprimal is actually really fun. He must have been in on the beta. I hope oh. you're right. Um, the Abram says we need more weird games like Exoprimal. I could kind of agree with that. I've, I don't know if I want them from Capcom, though. It just has a lot of game-as-a-service stink on it. It does. And then there's The Path of the Goddess, which is another weird game that Capcom's working on. Yeah. Which, I mean, we're not going to see that for a while. Which, actually, they have kind of a shared now what that is. Like, your objective is to clear the pathway for the goddess. Mm -hmm. So you fight with the hack-and-slash gameplay through a bunch of enemies so the goddess can make her way safely to the next area or whatever. For those of you who remember what it is at this point, it was one of those weird games uh, that came out during not E3. And we were just like, what? What is that? That's kind of the first details on it, if you guys are wondering. Um... Swan says, I think Guapo was asking if the re-release games had updates. Oh, no, okay. If he was, not really. Like, they are pretty much just, like, up ports of the first two games. Um, which, those games have aged, I think, pretty well, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they need, like, a drastic overhaul, other than the, the first game. more or less. But, like, yeah. they've, you know, they've, you don't really need to do much with it. Because there's also no other game like it. There's no other franchise like pikmin still after and maybe that tells you something that no other team no other studios really tried to do it there's been like games that had elements like that like what was the um, the bandai namco rpg jrpg that had like that whole part of the game that had the little minions that followed behind you oh. cell shaded i can't i can't remember the name of it i don't know someone in chat will know um but they, they had like pikmin elements in it there's been games that have done it but no entire game that tries to mimic Pikmin. Maybe one or something throughout the years. But um, So maybe that tells you that other developers are like, it's not worth pursuing. Because the other thing, too, is that Pikmin has not been one of Nintendo's gigantic sellers through the years either. Mm. So um, it's been kind of its B-tier, like, good game, but not selling 10 million, 20 million copies. In fact, I'd be impressed, even with the install base of the Switch, I'd be surprised if this game makes it to 5 million sold. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, Legacy says Wonderful 101. That's a little bit like Pikmin. That's not what I was talking about, though, by the way. Oh, it's driving me crazy that I can't think of the name of that, that RPG, actually. And no one else has it in chat either, unfortunately. So it'll just drive me crazy for the rest of the episode. Good times! <laughs> uh, okay, it's time to move on from our Pikminism and talk about what I think a lot of you guys probably want to hear about the most this week on Game Face. And that is a little wrestling game called AEW Fight forever matt what do you know about aew uh it is like a wrestling promotion that is not the wwe that's true and the only i think at this point yeah i guess everything else is unless you're talking about like local shit yeah i did see on late night cable that there is a new glow but it's not called gorgeous ladies of wrestling it's called just like the ladies of wrestling or something mm -hmm. well, i think i think wwe owns the trademark for glow for glow yeah well this is like a knockoff that's trying to mm -hmm. ride in the slipstream of glow and it's like this all women's wrestling league and they have crazy shticks and like characters that they do um by the way if you haven't watched glow on netflix which is like a docudrama about glow it's really good and mm -hmm. I, I think they did two seasons and then yeah canceled the third or something which Net sucks netflix doesn't let anything finish so that i mean the, the that second season was great mm -hmm. like i don't know why they would cancel after the second people didn't watch but it's still there no one knows why netflix does anything they do 
Derek D one 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 saves me. Nino Cooney. That's mm-hmm. what I was talking about. It has like Pikmin stuff in it. When you go out into the field and you have those little dudes that are yeah. following you around. Thank you, Derek D one one one. My conscience is now clear. Um, so anyway, back to AEW and wrestling. Matt, how do you feel about wrestling these days? Don't care. You don't care at all. No. Have when was the last time you watched a pay per view? Oh, I watched WrestleMania like probably six, seven years ago. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. At uh, you know, you know Kevin, our friend Kevin, mm-hmm. he, he's still into it, and he sometimes he would have the rest WWE channel, and like we we invite people over for the big pay per views. So I saw some of those. Okay, that was a long time ago. That was like 2014 or so, mm-hmm. 2015. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I was into it during. Yeah, I, obviously, I grew up kind of seeing some of it because they were around everywhere. I remember the '90s and the 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 um, you know the Attitude Era and the the Generation X era around the turn of the century. And uh, um, yeah, like I know all that stuff. Like I wasn't like a super hardcore fan, but I was aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like I I, you know, I remember the Undertaker's first appearance. I remember Kane's first appearance. I remember the Rock blowing up. I remember Stone Cold blowing up. I remember all that stuff. Um, you know, I remember uh, Mick Foley's debut in the WWE after he came out of you know the the ECW secret mm-hmm. circuit. And I remember the WCW wars and Hollywood Hogan and all you know and all the N64 games that were like which one's better and then like oh this WWE is better but then the WCW NWO Revenge game is made by Ukes and that was was the good one and then they did the, the WrestleMania 2000 which was like the same thing mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they ever topped WCW NWO Revenge I think generally wise. that's what people think is the um, best wrestling game of all time a lot of yeah, people say I mean it's definitely the one that I have the best memories of mm-hmm. and I I mean I like the spectacle of it I, I enjoy the characters I mean it's like comic books almost yeah. like it's like a They're soap like opera yeah with a, and like i did i did actually watch uh last week uh the undertaker and mick foley got together for the 25th anniversary of the hell in a cell match and watched it together and did like a react video with each other and it was actually really neat to see hmm. them talking about what they were thinking How they almost died <laughs> and like and the, the undertaker being like yeah at that moment i'm looking down at you and i'm just trying to wait i'm just waiting for you to move I'm just, I'm just like, don't be dead, don't yeah. be dead, and like, there's little things you see that I never noticed. I before. should be laughing, but it's very. I mean, it's it's. I mean, Mick Foley's like, oh yes, and like that falls where I knock these teeth out. He's like, all mm-hmm. this stuff because the the chair hit him in the face on the way down, and they're like, I, well, I didn't know, I didn't know the Undertaker had a broken ankle during mm-hmm. that fight, and when he drops down from the ceiling of the cage, you see him sort of like limping, and he turns it almost instantly into like the Undertaker stride. Uh. You know? And then, like, there's a whole thing where, like, um, uh, one of the other wrestlers comes up to him and, like, he, he says something to him. And he's like, what's happening there is I'm telling him, just tell me he's alive. Uh-huh. Just check. And so he checks his very he te- checks his pulse and comes up and is pretending to yell at the Undertaker about what's going on. But he's really saying, like, he's, he's okay. fine. He's breathing. Uh-huh. And then the Undertaker chokes, like, choke slams <laughs> the guy and they get on with the match. Um, but it's yeah. fun because it's, like, these dudes who have known each other forever. Yeah. Just, like... And it's also a little fun because the Undertaker is in his like weird Texas like conservative like gear and like like you know tack gear stuff, and Mick Foley shows up in a rainbow shirt, yeah. and he's just like it's like we don't agree on anything, but we've known each other forever, so we're gonna sit here and do this shit yeah. and, we, and love each other because because those guys been through everything. They've been through it. Yep. Um, the last time I paid any sort of attention to professional wrestling was when The Rock was in his prime. And that's I right, really... Terry Funk. That's right. He choke slams him out of his shoes. <laughs> the Undertaker is a giant human being. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd only paid attention to it because we had a friend who really was into it, and he would mm. do all the Rock sayings. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I will I will say it doesn't matter what sayings he would do. Yeah. Uh, I will say that um, I saw I did see WWF Raw uh, at the San Jose Arena back in like 2001, I yeah. think. And when The Rock came, that was the height of The Rock. That's you know? around the last time I paid yeah. any attention. And to when it. The Rock came out, um, everyone went nuts. The Rock came out and he said, "Finally!" That you know and. I have never heard anything that loud. <laughs> the cheer that went up, it drowned out the music. It was like the in Beatles. the San Jose Arena. In the se- you 60s couldn't and 70s. hear the music. <laughs> it was the loudest thing I've ever heard he human beings do. It was, yeah. and he. It took him like almost six minutes to get through that one. Lo- Finally, the Rock has come back to San Jose. Took. I don't know how long it was, and he didn't even wrestle that night. And he just oh, left. he didn't. He, he was didn't just do there. No, that was actually, actually that was the night that he tri- came out and said stuff and left. That was the night Triple H blew his hamstring out mm. in the final match, and everything just sort of ended, and everybody crawled off stage, and everyone was like, "Okay, the lights came up," and I was like, "I guess we go home." They now. got hurt like, for real. Yeah, like it was a real thing happened. We have to stop. We have to end it. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, and he took—he t- was like recovering for like a year. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was at you that. Your hamstring, yeah, man. I was no at joke. that that raw. That was the yep. only time I've ever seen that live. I, I saw another one live here a while a few years ago. Oh, like, Guapa says he teared up reading the news about the Iron Sheik who just mm, died recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're a big wrestling fan. You you want to you want to pay attention for the next fifteen or twenty minutes as we talk about AEW fight forever. So yeah, I w- yeah, sweetest dudes too. I will say that we had to interview a lot of wrestlers back in the early days of Tech TV and all this. And I will say every single one of them was the nicest, most cooperative, most helpful dude and 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 lady. Like they were all. They were all really cool. I did that backyard wrestling segment with Adam. That's a different. Crowd. They were not. No, that all was nice. that was different. The the, the, the big pros, the yeah. superstars, they were all the nicest, smartest people. Because like your own, you're your own business manager yeah. in that business, and they were all incredibly shrewd people. Triple H was him and uh, and what's your uh, what's the the you know his wife the. I daughter of Vince. I no daughter, idea. I can't remember her name. The daughter of Vince. It was, she's a Stephanie. Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon. They yeah. were like the sweetest human beings you ever. And it was an E3. Everyone was like signing, but they yeah. were like, they were like, oh, well, over, well, over here, we'll, we'll make room over here to shoot this thing and like that. And like Triple H, well, like, also Triple H is like, they'll get out of my way. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it was, but yeah, they were all people with yeah. nothing to prove to anybody. Like there was so yeah. much not their characters. It was it was the always a positive. Says, thing. You guys should watch Vice's Dark Side of the Ring. I have. Oh yeah, I've seen that. They're really yeah. good. And in fact, I would recommend. That to everybody um, to go watch those, those documentaries. It's a horrible line of it work. It really is a horrible way yeah. to live. And I think you realize it watching those documentaries. Um, so anyway, AEW is the new startup wrestling league. Now, one thing I will say is like when I worked at Spike, I did have to chan- tangentially work with Spike's wrestling promotion, which was yeah. what, TNT or no, it was called. I can't remember the name of it anymore. I don't know. They didn't have ECW, did they? No. It was different. But it was, like, similar. It was, a, like, the knockoff below WWE. Yeah. Like, And so I didn't have to work on that, like, a lot. But like, TNA. That's TNA, it, yeah. yeah. One of my guys was dedicated to that entirely. That was his whole life, was doing all the promos for TNA, setting up all the live episodes on the website, all that kind of stuff. So I've had brushes with wrestling throughout the years. Um this is the, the closest I've got to it. I have not played a WWE video game in I don't know how long because they're always, like, bad. Well, we've definitely talked about one, but I think we were in, like, the first studio right. back then. Yeah, that's how long it's been ago. since I've even played one. Uh, but I played this one um, because 
It is made by, as Matt mentioned a minute ago, Ukes, which is a developer of a lot of those N64 wrestling games <laughs> that people love. The and two, I loved them. The two Ukes. Yeah. <laughs> and they were thrown off of the WWE franchise by 2K because the last couple games they made there were abysmal. Yeah. And they were put on this. And this is the first ever entry um, in the franchise for AEW. It's the first ever video game built from the ground up by Hughes. And the reviews for this have been pretty much abysmal. It has been getting railed and murdered. And I hope this doesn't throw up copyright flags, but oh, this is from the for game. For a second, I was like, wow, this looks pretty good. It's like, no, <laughs> it's, it's like photorealistic. Yeah. <laughs> this might throw up a copyright flag. Yeah, some of the thing about this is I just don't know who most of these characters are. Like, I know Sting, obviously, but like... I can tell you... Uh, wrestling is very much about the, the characters. And like, if I don't know who anyone is, I don't really care. So Matt, this game has 50 playable wrestlers. And I can tell you all the ones you're actually going to know. Sting, mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix. Ray, Ray, I don't even know who that is. Paul White, who is I know Big Paul Show, White. I think, right? Yeah. He used to be called Big Show. Um, Owen Hart. Oh, no, Owen Hart. CM Punk. Yeah. And Chris Jericho. Yeah. And that's it. Out of 50 wrestlers, those are the ones most people are going to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the ones I knew. <laughs> Now, is uh, El Guapo says Gold Dust is in there? I didn't see Gold Dust. Is that, Maybe you unlock that, it later. Yeah, go, I, I, mean, I, know, the, I know Gold Dust. I played the campaign all the way through. I Ray finished Mis- is this Ray Mysterio game, not in there? I didn't. I think that's who. Um, Was that Ray Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's who it is. That's why I said people will recognize him. But here you can see the whole lineup. Here I go through all of them. And, Jericho is so old. And you're right. They're oh, like Jeff, Jeff Hardy. I know Jeff Hardy. The, the Hardy Boys. I remember them. You can see there are not a lot of recognizable Sting. names there. Custom wrestler and That's a custom me. wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so you can create so you can create your own wrestler wow. in this and you can create your own soulless automaton. Right. <laughs> you can create your own wrestler in this, you can create your own rings in this too. So already in the first entry of this franchise, they have a lot of the creative elements that a lot of people demand from wrestling games. It's a uncanny resemblance to the Netflix Marvel Punisher guy. I thought you were going to say to me, Matt. No. <laughs> you look like John Bernthal. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it totally does. Um, okay, let's get into some nuts and bolts. As far as like the modes are concerned, there's exhibition, there's online, you can play ranked or unranked matches, there are custom matches. There are challenges, and then the main single-player mode is called Road to Elite. And this is what I played. I actually finished this game. I know Jim Ross, obviously. Well, Jim Ross doesn't know how to say Battle Royale. Jim Ross Ross has a certain speech style. In the voice acting in this, he calls it Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah, he always used to say that. Really? Yeah, he's always said that. <laughs> Which I found interesting. I was like, uh, the, is he? So is he the not the the one of the the casters for the actual AEW? I don't know actually, because I thought he retired. But he's like a disembodied voice throughout this entire game, basically. Okay. Um, so anyway, you this game does have a lot of the features and, and stuff in it that it does look mature, familiar. That mature wrestling games have in it. I was pretty impressed with the the modes and options for it. The match types there are. You can go one-on-one, two-on-two, a three-way match, a four-way match. There's a casino battle royale. There's an exploding barbed wire death match. And there's ladder matches. And then there are mini-games. And the mini-games in this are just idiotic. They're also a part of the single-player campaign. There's one where, like, Vegas chips fall from the sky into the ring and you have to collect them before everybody else. There's, like, a quiz show. Like... (laughs) I was like, I don't know why this stuff is in here, but it is. So it is a it is a feature that's ultimately in the game. Um, the one thing I would say is the game probably could use more of the gimmick matches. Like, there's no cage match in this, which to me 
should be like the first gimmick match type that should be in a wrestling video game. But I'm guessing it's more difficult than what they actually put in here. Like the ladder matches are weird. Like you have to wait for your opponent to actually drag the ladder into the ring. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff in this game that it takes a while to figure out how to do it because the tutorials in the game aren't great. Um, and a lot of times you're in the middle of a fight or a match when they're giving you the tutorials and sometimes you just miss stuff. So I found that like picking up weapons and stuff like that, like I figured out later on. In fact, in this B-roll... This Outside is, of the texture quality, this could be an N64 game. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, about this game is it does a lot of stuff that the N64 games did. So, like, if there's more than one opponent in the ring, good luck. Mm-hmm. Like, it does not intelligently know how to switch from one character to another. Even if Ooh. the other character is out of the ring and, like, out on the ground, it will still keep you locked on to that character. Out, And it took me a while to figure out how to accurately choose the other wrestler that I wanted to fight in matches like this where there's more than one person, like, that part of the game is still kind of a mess. Um, who you end up attacking, who it, who attacks you. When there's more than one other opponent in the ring, it just, I mean, it's a free-for-all. Trying to, you just, a lot of times you have to end up being lucky. The other thing I would say, too, is the campaign is so easy until you get to the final, like, two matches. And they don't tell you they're the final two matches. Like, this, the campaign in this just ends, like, out of nowhere. I had no clue it was about to wrap up. And the last, like, couple matches, like, you figured out that someone's betrayed you or a couple people betray you in the last couple matches. And the last few matches are, like, four-on-one or three-on-one. And I don't know how you win those matches, honestly. I tried them over and over again. I could not do it. So I won every match, never lost, until the last two. And those are the two that actually matter as far as, like, the final outcome of the whole single-player campaign. And the way the campaign is set up is you're playing through the whole history of AEW. So the beginning of the campaign, it starts with the very first press conference for AEW. And I will say this, too. It feels, this whole game does feel a bit like a big TV commercial for AEW. Like, I never got that impression with, like, UFC games or WWE games. Like, they're based on those properties, and they have the the people, the fighters, and stuff. But it wasn't, like, this gratuitous commercial for it. Mm -hmm. This feels like a commercial. Like, I feel like they're always taking shots at the other wrestling league and, like, trying to say, you know, this is why we're better. This is the stuff that we do that the other leagues don't. And I do get a certain point. You're like, okay, we're putting our name on this. We need to get our messaging out there as much as we can. But it's a little heavy-handed in this. There was times where I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you're the young upstart wrestling league, and you're trying to get other people involved in it. Um, So the way the campaign plays out is, and you're seeing this right now, in between matches, you have four days or four events that you can do. And if you got beat up or the prior match took a really long time, you need you'll need to you'll need to boost up your attitude, which is one metric, and you'll also need to boost up your health. If you get really beat up, you need to go to the hospital and spend a ton of money getting fixed at the hospital, and then still you need to go and you need to eat some food in order to get your health up. So in between matches, you can do that. There's, there's like a bunch of options there. You can go out to eat. You can go sightseeing. You can do like a press conference. You can go to the hospital. There's like six or seven options. And then there's also like an extra match thrown in there. And that's what you want to make sure you do every week. Because that's the one that gives you the most points that you can then use to level up your wrestler. There's like RPG elements in this. So after every match, you can go to a screen where you can choose to level your guy up in a bunch of different um, categories. I didn't notice like a lot of difference in the ring other than when I went and set up my guy's moves. And you can set up everything. 
every move you can choose for your character exactly what you want to do. You can choose all your finishers. You can choose all your signature moves. You can choose all your moves while you're in, while the opponent is on the ground, while the opponent is sitting up, while the opponent is in the ropes. I was sh- again for a first entry in this franchise. There's a lot of features in this. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I really thought it was bare bones. Now, to me, where things start falling apart is in the actual wrestling. Um, it took me a while. This is the first hour of me playing the game. It took me a while to figure out what the game wanted me to do. Now, like the old N64 wrestling games, you can focus on one body part in this. So say you want to go after his right leg or his left arm or his head or his torso or whatever. You can do that. And after each move that you do, if you're starting to do damage to a very specific part of the body, a graphic will flash saying, you've really damaged the head. You've really damaged the body. You've really damaged the leg. However, I could not discern where the it actually impacted the game like i could not like for example if you beat on this guy's leg for 20 minutes straight he never gets up and like is limping or can't do kicks or anything or if you focus on his arm it doesn't keep him from punching for the rest of the match like i didn't see it looked like it was all show to me maybe there's something if you play it more and more you start to discover that stuff i couldn't see any discernible difference It also took me a while to figure out what the game wants you to do. And what the game wants you to do is to pummel the crap out of your opponent until you can get him so that he is in a stun state for a really long period of time. Once he's in a stun state, then you can do like the throws and things like that without them reversing it. Once you get their health meter down, you can see in the bottom right there, he's down to like nothing, so I pinned him. But once it gets down to that level, then your meter generally will be filled. And it'll say signature, which means you can pull off your signature moves. And to do that... You just get next to the wrestler and hit up or down on the D-pad, and they'll do one of the signature moves. Now you're seeing like where you can customize all this stuff. But if you're, that meter is full and it's flashing signature, you can do a taunt, and then the signature goes to your finisher, like your ultimate move. And to do those, you get next to the enemy, while, and they have to be dazed. But you get to the next end of the enemy while they're dazed, and then you tap a direction on the right analog stick, and you'll pull off one of your ultimate finishers. And it took me a while to figure out that pattern. Once I figured out that pattern, I was winning matches in like a minute, 90 seconds, again, in a single-player campaign, until I got to the end where they had those impossible matches where it was like four-on-one or whatever. So I pretty much just waltzed through this. And I would also say, too, that before I started playing this, it was default on easy. Hmm. I set it up to medium when I started playing. I was like, I don't want to play on easy. Even though I usually stick with whatever the default is. In this case, I did bump it up and played it on medium instead of easy. It was still way too easy. So if you're a veteran of these types of games, I do recommend bumping it up to hard. Because Although like these games can be so random that I can see why they default to that to not frustrate new players. It, you're, I'm glad you brought that up because it is random. Like as I started playing people online, it became so random. Like you can dominate somebody, you can pull the finisher on them. The game will give them the ability to stand up and hit you mm-hmm. and start to come back. Doesn't matter what you do. Once you've got them down to where you're about to beat them, they'll, there's this there's this special attack the game lets you do where as you're getting up, you can punch somebody in the gut. And that will start. So you can start doing the combo. And then you do the combo. And then you do a body slam. And then you do the signature. And then you do the finisher. And I have matches where I dominated for like 12 minutes and then lost the match in two minutes. Because they just got on that run and just went off. I mean, that's wrestling. It, I mean, it is. But it's like, that's not a fun game. But in the context of video games, it, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is a line that you have to walk with these games is like, do you want to make it unpredictable? Because, never in a million years know that was Chris Jericho. Yeah. It does, I know. Because he's, he's like overweight and like his costume's mm-hmm. all different now. This match, though, is kind of awesome. The exploding barbed wire match. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and this is the only point in the game where I really saw a lot of blood, too. There is blood in the game, but you would know looking at my B-roll because no one ever bleeds until you get to matches like this, and then they bleed like crazy. Um, so again, I think that there should be more gimmick match types, but still, Matt, through all the issues, I played this campaign all the way to the end. I finished it. I never dreamed I would finish it. It's not that long. I think it probably took me like five hours maybe to finish the campaign or something. Um, and then you're just left with like setting up your own matches locally or playing online. And I jumped on this a little late. All the people playing online, their records were like 110 and 20 or whatever. I was zero and zero. So I was getting into it a little bit late. But again, the same thing kept happening where like I would start out and dominate a match. And then at the end, they would have some miraculous comeback and just barely pin me and I'd lose or whatever. So, um, it does play like the N64 games, but those games are like 25 years old. Like, I feel like there should have been some more better upgrades to the classic sort of style. That should be the title of the next one. AEW Wrestling, more better upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to your point earlier... There's a great wrestling game in one of these games somewhere if they ever get to iterate on them enough times to get there. Yeah. Well, you look at how he's bleeding. Holy crap. The other thing I would say, too, is that <coughs> this is an auspicious debut. Like, I hope this isn't the last game. I hope it sells well enough that they can make another one of these. Because I do feel like they're onto something here. I enjoyed this more than the last time I played a WWE game. Those games have become, like, too complicated for me. Like, I don't like wrestling enough to learn how to play a wrestling game like it's, like, Virtua Fighter. Mm. And that's, to me, like, how complicated they have become. Like, I, I saw a couple people commenting about this game. <laughs> And the things that they complained about, I was like, I wouldn't even think that that's missing. Like, oh, you can't fight when you're walking out. I'm like, okay, like, is that a deal breaker for wrestling fans that you like, you can't fight during the walkout? Mm. I don't know. Like the things that like hardcore wrestling fans were complaining about that was missing in this, I was like, I didn't really miss that at all. Like, I am really pleasantly surprised by how full featured this is. And how many modes and options it did have versus the stuff that it did not have. Um, some of the stuff that it includes that I haven't mentioned yet, it has intergender matches. So you can fight men against women, which I do feel a little uneasy about. Eventually, I have a female tag team partner in this. And it seemed like it worked out that like anytime she went in, the other team would also tag in their female wrestler. <laughs> Like, I don't know if they're like, yeah, people may be uneasy about this, so we're going to try to nerf it a little bit. I don't know. It could have just worked out that I way. Mean, the good news is it's not real. Yeah. So, like, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, there's like a height and weight system in this. So if I tried to <laughs> I tried to pick up Big Show and body slam him, yeah. the first time I couldn't do it. I went to pick him up and it hurt my back and it left my wrestler vulnerable for like almost a minute. <laughs> then later on in the match, I did like a different one, like a fireman's carry or something like that. And I was able to just barely lift him up high enough to like drop him down onto my knee. Um, and then there's other, like if a character is really tall and your fight and your wrestler is really short, you can't do some moves. It will just take them out of the repertoire because you're not tall enough to do them against like the taller rest. Like I was surprised by stuff like that, especially after looking at the Metacritic average for this game. <laughs> it's so low. I feel like people have been really harsh on this. Like, I think it's better than his Metacritic, I guess is what I'm getting at. Not a lot better, but at least a little bit better. Like, this isn't an abysmal game. It is a functional game. Like, I didn't come across really any bugs and stuff like that. Things that, like, broke the game. Um, to your point, though, having more recognizable wrestlers would be nice, for sure. 
because uh, there were really like a handful that I actually had ever heard of or or whatever. I mean, you, you're there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, it's, it's the a, league. It's, it's, it's the AEW. League. Yeah, that's up on that right. That's to, up to the AEW crowd. I think looks pretty good in this though. Like they're all polygonal and animated, and they're not just these weird sprites that are just hanging out in the seats. Um, they could probably use a little bit more of these cinematic uh, camera cuts. I mm-hmm. think it doesn't. Can you can you design your own entrance? No, you can pick your entrance from a bunch okay. of prefab ones, but you can't design it. Because that was one of the things we used to troll each other on. Was your entrances on the, w, w, the, the N sixty four games, especially mm-hmm. WrestleMania two thousand? Like you, you, we designed these ridiculously elaborate entrances and like make everybody watch them <laughs> Sit every <through> time. You're <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, oh, can we skip it? Like, nope, yeah. we cannot. You're gonna have to listen to I'm a Real American yet again. And I, the, we would do it so like the entrance had no relation to the character we'd created. Like, it was, like, yeah. the most nonsense. Like, like my super goth crow character would come out to real American <laughs> dancing with a cane. You know, it was, like, it was just the dumbest thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so you can choose from any of their entrances. And there's, right. like, 50 of them. So there's a lot to choose from. But you can't make your own yet. Um, Something for the future. Yeah. As I mentioned, the, the fighting in the crowds is awkward and weird and broken. They need to fix that and figure out how to handle that a little better. Um, also, so there's two reversals. You can try to reverse grapples or you can try to reverse punches and kicks. Punches and kick reverse is R1. Uh, trying to reverse grapples is L1. And it just seems completely random as far as like who. There's no timing it. Like the punching and the kicking reversals are a little more timing based. As far as whether you reverse like a grapple or a slam or whatever, it just seemed completely random to me. Like ultimately, I just ended up just spamming the L1 button whenever they're trying to grapple me, and it seems to work some of the time. Like stuff like that, they can refine and make better. It did seem like that was like a gray area where the game was allowed to decide who won. <laughs> right, but that's always going to be a problem with this, because it's like, it, you can't make that all skill-based, because then you would have players that can never be thrown. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like, any time... And the it, problem is, like, throw and grapple moves are like how you do damage in wrestling, in pro yeah, wrestling. Yeah. So it's not like a fighting game where, you know, like, the throws are skill-based escapes, because if someone gets good enough at it, you could not win yeah. against them. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, too, is like once you if, if you're the wrestler you're wrestling against is on one knee, you can never pick them up and do anything. Every time mm. you pick them up, you stand up and they shove you away every single time. There's no way to avoid it. I don't. That's something that they need to fix, because that is something that happens over and over in this game that you have no control over whatsoever. So once you get them down, like you can do like two moves or you can do three moves. It's very easy to tell when they're becoming ungroggy and they're about to get up. Even if they're still groggy and you're trying to pick them up and do a move, if you pick them up, immediately they snap out of it and they push you away. So there's quirks to the gameplay in this for sure. There are definitely things that they can improve and change and make the game better without a doubt. Um, but I think for the first like attempt at this, like I think they did a damn good job. Um, I think that they, for the most part, they found a good middle ground between those classic N64 wrestlers and today it's probably a little bit too much like the classic N64 wrestlers for it being like 25 years later um, but I think if you know, they're trying to appeal to those fans I think they did a pretty good job with kind of finding middle ground in this game for the most part um, there are 40 different weapons in the game like if sometimes if you have a tag team partner they'll just throw a weapon into the ring and pick it up and beat the other wrestler with it 
Um, and there's eight different arenas total, but they all kind of look the same. And that's another complaint that I had is that the, the arenas. This is, this is all very exciting here. What? <laughs> well, the, the computer would not pick you up or do anything. They just sort of like just stood there around you. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that like you need to if you have downtime like that, you need to be doing the taunts. Because that is a way if you if the if the chips are stacked against you and your health meter is really low, you can very quickly boost up your meter just by doing like the taunts or getting the crowd like hyped up. Like I said, that's how you change from your signature to your finisher. Is you just need to do one of the the taunts or whatever, and it just switches automatically, and you can do one of your finishers. So, and the finishers they all unlock over time. Wow, that's like, that was a lot of stars. Yeah. If it's part of like the RPG elements in the game, you unlock new finishers and the power of your finishers and your ability to change the momentum as well. Um, and then that character that you create, you can take that character online and fight online against other human players if you want to. So mm. I don't know. Would I recommend people buy this? I would say 30 bucks, probably 40 bucks maybe is where I would say I would put this at a, at a buy. If you're an AEW fan, I would say go buy it immediately. Like, I think it's totally passable and fine. Um, and if you're a fan already of the wrestlers and you know the wrestlers, because that's a big issue for Matt and I is we don't know who any of these people are. If you're an AEW fan, obviously you know who all of them are. So that's not a deal breaker for you. The wrestling is passable. The modes and options are great. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised by this. I really thought it was going to be abysmal. Looking at its Metacritic score, I actually found it kind of fun, and I finished the whole game. So that's AEW Fight Forever. It's basically available for everything, um, but I would only, I would wait, and I would only if you're not an AEW fan, I would wait and pick it up at a discount. Um, if you're a wrestling fan who's just been waiting for a decent WWE game, I think the nostalgia of this might be worth picking it up. But mm-hmm. I think very quickly you're going to realize that, yeah. And I'm maybe just... if you got like old school like friends who were fans and you're all fans back in the day and you're willing to all create a character, yeah. to, like, like the old characters, mm-hmm. and kind of go back and relive it, maybe. So that's the other thing, too. You could conceivably create Hulk Hogan. Right. Or create The Rock or whatever. Because the, the character customization is pretty deep. Um, so you could conceivably bring some of your favorite wrestlers from other leagues into the game if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, it probably won't be too long until people have tutorials on how to make Hulk Hogan in the game. Maybe they're out there already. Who knows? I'm sure that was one of the first things. Probably. Um, but anyway, I was pleasantly surprised by AEW Fight Forever, and I do think that they have something here. I feel like this is the foundation that they can build on for years and years to come if the game sells well enough to rationalize a sequel. And I'll say this, too. Where is Sneaky Charlotte Snake today? He's like Mr. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he was even talking our last two weeks ago. Like, are you guys going to cover AEW? We finally cover it, and he's not here. He's sneaking away from our mm-hmm. wrestling coverage. Because <laughs> this is literally the first time we've talked about a wrestling game since, like, the first year of Game Face. Been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but I think this was worth it. Like, I enjoyed my time with it. I had fun with it. Um, so, uh, again, I wait for a discount. If you're not a gigantic wrestling fan, if you're an AEW fan, buy it. If you're a wrestling fan, seriously consider it. That's where I'd sit with it. You have any questions about it, Matt? Nope. Uh, let's look at chat and see if you guys have any questions about AEW. Um, El Guapo, is this on Game Pass? No, it's not. It is not a Game Pass game. Although that probably would have been a smart move for mm-hmm. AEW to put this on Game Pass. Actually, I could see why you would ask that because it yeah. makes sense. Uh, but you'd have to have Microsoft think it's worth paying for them. Right. Yeah. And my guess, well, Microsoft's internal reviewers thought that uh, Redfall was like a 10 out of 10. So well. maybe they need to hire some really good mock reviewers or some new mock reviewers. Or they could hire the duh consulting agency. Um, Melo Pintor says it's a holiday sale if I have money's left. Yeah, I can see that if you're a wrestling fan. 
Um, what else are you guys saying? Fight night equivalent, I should say. You guys are talking about something else there, I think. I've been waiting for a new fight night for years. Yeah, EA's boxing franchise just kind of disappeared, and those games were good. But I think that was another one of those franchises where they just like kept making them year after year, and mm -hmm. they lost their luster. And I would also argue, too, that if they keep making AEW year after year, it's going to fall into the same trap. Well, I think they're supposed to support it for a while, so but we'll see. DLC and yeah, because yeah, they've already released like a new match type via DLC that was free, which is great. Um, and I think more are coming, and more wrestlers are coming. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to keep expanding on the game. I think once every three years for a wrestling franchise makes the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. By that time, maybe things have actually changed in the actual wrestling league. A heel has turned into a baby face or something drastic has happened. Um, and maybe you've, you know, spent some time refining the combat and right. how everything works. Yep. You know, give it enough time, you know, basically give it enough, like a full dev cycle to make a better game yeah. out of what you've already built. Yeah. And then that's a reason to, you know, buy it again. Yeah. I mean, we used to have so many wrestling games, too. Well, the height of wrestling popularity was a whole different era. You remember when there was the, the, the dueling WWE games on things? You yeah, because like, Acclaim had the, the its wrestling franchise. Yeah, there was SmackDown, was like the PlayStation 1. And Acclaim's game was the one that used the expansion pack on the N64, and the graphics looked really crisp, but it was just not as much fun to play. Yeah, and SmackDown was more of a fighting game almost, mm -hmm. but it was really janky, just mm -hmm. barely. And I like the load times, the load time, like PS1 yeah. load times already, but like, wow. Yeah, there was some yeah. pretty bad load times in AEW as well i should mention on my ps5 i was playing that on mm. ps5 with an ssd so um Eric that Carmen was one is, of the things i was impressed by on final fantasy 16 is the the load times are nothing yeah zap yep um eric carmenez says the owner of aew created the game engine for this so it's yearly what wait i don't think it's be, year, it'd be the yearly. owner of aew is a programmer no, i think he pay, they paid for it is what that means oh but they created a new engine for this yeah Ukes but I don't know did. why that would mean it's yearly, though. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I heard two years of support for this one, and then they'll see. Okay. Thing. That makes more... I think three years makes more sense, but two years is better than one. Um, Rigor Mortis, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Um, also, if you guys are waiting like to drop Twitch Prime on us, anytime I go to chat is a good time for you to drop the Twitch Prime so I can call you guys out on the show, because that's what I like to do. Uh, so anyway, that's AEW. You may be surprised to hear this from me, that I enjoyed it as much. It's certainly not a triple-A game. It's certainly not mm -hmm. a quad-A game. Um, but I think it's a yeah, passable is, wrestling game. Is it a wrestling game in 2023 if Stardust isn't in it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's I AEW. I guess you could, you could create Stardust. Yeah. Yeah. So that's AEW Fight Forever. Next up, we're going to talk about a terrible game. <laughs> Literally... The worst game that I have played in years. Mm. And that's saying something, because I played Balan Wonder World, Wonderland, whatever the hell it's called. Wonder World. I never can get it right. <laughs> but I've played some bad games in the not-too-distant future, but this is the worst game that I have played in forever. And it is undoubtedly the worst first-party Nintendo game. I don't know what... I can't even remember. Even during the Wii era, when even Nintendo was kind of shoveling out shovelware. Worse than Wii music? That's a good comparison. That's probably its most direct competitor for worst Nintendo first-party game. Worse than Gollum? Gollum's better. 
Wow. A lot better. Mm. A lot better. <laughs> this game is everybody one to switch. It is the latest mini game collection for the Switch that's supposed to use all the motion control, joystick, Joy-Con crap. I forgot this was a thing. Well, it's easy, Matt, because this was announced like the week before it came out. Literally a week before. Rumors had swirled that this game was done like two years ago. And everybody waited like two years for them to actually release it. And now we know why. Because it is abysmal. Absolutely. A, it's a travesty. I put this in, B -roll, in the B-roll because this is just... The, could you imagine being one of these people sitting in front of a green screen <laughs> for three days recording this crap? Paying your dues. It is... <laughs> One of these people is going to end up being super famous in like 10 years. And this will be like... The, and they'll flash back you know, look, to look everybody wants yeah. to switch. <laughs> It'll be like going back to, to Sam Rockwell trying to hawk cigarettes in the first Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Seriously, though, you're right. Maybe one of these people turn into somebody. Right now, they're embarrassing themselves in yeah. this. I mean, a lot of these people are actually just models. They're right. Not, not actors. Yeah, they're not even actors. Yeah. They just got them from a modeling agency or whatever. And they're like, you can act, right? <laughs> you can act like you like this terrible you can play video, a video game, game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I left this in the B-roll because this is far more interesting than actually looking at the actual game, Matt. This game is a minigame collection that has 17 minigames. Hmm. 17, Matt. The original 1-2-Switch that was a launch game for Switch has 28. So this game comes along 7-8 years later. It has, like, only two-thirds of the minigame of its predecessor. It... <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing, as you probably figured out by looking at this B-roll, some of the mini games aren't just played with Joy-Con. Some of them you can play with your cell phone. It's kind of like the Jack's Party Pack or whatever, where you can play stuff on uh -huh. your cell phone. You go to a URL on the browser of your phone, and you can play certain mini games. Like one of them are like there's a quiz Bingo. show. In this. Bingo. There's a quiz show. There's actually the coolest mini game in this. Matt is. They flash something on screen, and then it's your job to go around in the room that you're in and find something that's as close to the same color as possible and take a picture of it. And then the game actually measures who's the closest as far as the hue is concerned. That is pretty cool. It is cool. Now, the mini games that you play with your phone in this, up to 100 people can play, thus everybody. Mm -hmm. The ones that you play with Joy-Con, only eight people can play at once. And so, probably everybody in your house. Right. If you have enough joy. If you have enough joy. <laughs> but there are some where you actually like there's one where you're running like a relay and you have to hand off the Joy-Con like yeah. it's a baton. This just feels like we have WarioWare at home. Oh, this thing. Oh, it's, this is WarioWare <laughs> wipes the mat with this game. I mean, wipes the mat, picks it up and then smears its face in it. Like WarioWare is god tier compared to everybody want to switch. I'm not even exaggerating. And there is a new WarioWare coming. So if you're feeling a little itchy over this game, just hold your britches for a couple months here and get the real thing. Because this game is terrible. So there's only 17 minigames. You play it for an hour. You've seen them all. And there are really no variances of them at all. They don't really like make them more difficult or add a twist to them when you play them the second time. How do all these people know each other? Right. 
Like, well, that means- like, I want to hear the stories of how you all met. <laughs> With very, very different clothing styles and yeah. uh, background. It, it's, it's, I don't know. I- Vincent is asking if I played this with my guests this week. In fact, I did. And they lost interest in this before even the first round. Because even though there's 17 minigames, the vast majority of them suck. Like, there's one where, like, you pump up these balloons and you want to pump them up as big as you can without breaking them. But that guy's wearing a horse mask. That's wacky. I have no idea why that guy's in this. Why? <laughs> why is that in this? What does that have to do with anything? It's How do you do, fellow kids? I'm wearing a horse mask. Oh, my gosh. This game is just terrible. I, I can't believe that Nintendo released this and published it. Yeah, this, this looks like some of the endless shovelware you'd see third party the, stuff for the Wii sitting in the eShop right yeah for the Wii yeah mm-hmm. but this is first party stuff which is shockingly tilted towards softcore porn yeah. these days <laughs> like what the hell is that you remember when they wouldn't let you put a cross in a Castlevania game on the yeah. NES and now it's just like there's literally games called hentai party and yeah. sh- I'm like what the f- TNA salute yeah I, uh... <laughs> yep there was actually one other cool mini game where you hid the Joy-Con in the room and the other team had to find it somehow. <laughs> but if you find the Joy-Con, you have to play more. Right. So there, therefore, when I that game started, like my sister and my nephew just walked away. They're <laughs> like, you know what? You find it. You change. find your own Joy-Con. <laughs> Choose your own damn adventure. Yep. Um, and those are the only two cool mini games in this whole collection. The rest are just garbage. Um, so there's one where one person plays the ninja throwing the star and the other person plays the ninja with the sword who's trying to deflect it. And basically just as soon as they make the throwing motion, you just swipe with the sword and you deflect it every time. There's another one where you hold the Joy-Con over your head and you push it up and down like you're almost doing like the bench press. And... There's an alien that comes down, and the more you do it in time, the closer the alien comes to you and then abducts you. Um, This one is so dumb. So you inflate this balloon as much as you can without it popping, but when you're actually playing, there's a scale behind the balloon, so you know exactly how far you can pump it up without breaking it. And so, like, both teams just pump it up to that level, and you hope that one has it a pixel higher than the other. Again... Once you've played all this stuff once, there's no reason to play any of it again. There's no strategy involved. There's quizzes in this, which (laughs) the quizzes in this are the dumbest questions you've ever heard. It falls right in line with the rest of the game. It's like, what number comes after four? It's seriously that simple. I'm not exaggerating, Matt. The questions are that easy. And it's multiple choice. It's just yes or no. (laughs) It's like you hit one button for no, one button for yes. And it's like you can tell that this was written by people who where English isn't their first language because they can't figure out sometimes how to write a question that's coherent that you could just say yes or no to. So they almost like end up creating like double negatives, which is really poor English, basically. You end up having to do the double negative to answer the question correctly. When When I first started playing it, I was like, wait a minute. What does it want me to say here? Like, does it want me to say yes or no to this? I couldn't figure it out. Like, it's so bad. Again, it probably is the worst Nintendo published game since Wii Music. A game that just essentially didn't work, really. Mm-hmm. This game mostly works the way it's supposed to. It's just terrible. I just, I can't understand what Nintendo was thinking. See what I'm saying about the grid here? 
Like they show you the balloon beforehand and all you gotta do is look on the grid and see where the balloon inflated to. And then you, inflate, you're, you don't even look at it, you just inflate it right to that same exact level. Like, it's so dumb. I'm gonna jump forward to these quizzes here so you can see what I'm talking about, Matt, just how dumb they are. Here's the ninja game. Where again, like there's nothing even on the screen. They're like, just ignore the screen and one of you act like you're throwing a ninja star and the other one try to deflect the ninja star. It doesn't matter what happens on screen at all. It's a little bit like Just Dance, where Just Dance, when it first started, actually tried to be like a music and rhythm game where you actually were shaking the controllers to the beat. And then eventually it just became, you know what? We're just going to play the song and you just dance around like an idiot. And we'll give you a random like grade. That's kind of how this game is now. Mm. It's like it's not... It's like, you know, a lot of times when you talk about motion control games, you're like, how accurate are their motion control? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter in this how accurate the Joy-Con motion controls are. It's just kind of irrelevant. Then you start getting to the quizzes. Here's the one I was talking about where you get abducted by the alien. And you, yeah, so you just push up and down, up and down. And if you do it on the beat, then the alien will come closer to you, closer to you, and then abduct you finally. And winning is getting abducted by the alien. <laughs> okay. Because you don't have to play the game anymore. Yeah, exactly. Anal, get your anal probe, yeah? Um, I look, that flying saucer looks like they stole it directly from Cosmos, the Transformer. Or they just stole it from like some image service that they subscribe to. The design is very specifically <laughs> Cosmos. Okay, here's, here's, a, here's the quizzes. Okay. <laughs> a bear that stops a river to collect water is... Check. But watch, what the, <laughs> watch the option that they give you. A gym. Oh. <laughs> nope. It's not a gym. Let's go to another one. This one, actually, I had trouble getting. I couldn't understand what the hell they wanted. Here's a good one. What was it? If you add room temperature water to hot water, it gets cooler. What, what was the date one? I'll skip forward to the date one. April 4th, June 6th, and August 8th. Uh, now, wait. They always add the little o extra sentence October here. 10th? Aren't the what? same day of the week. <laughs> yes or no? How do you even answer that? <laughs> Aren't the same day of the week. I had to sit there and I was like, what are you asking me? Well, they're not all Tuesday. <laughs> it's so bad. Is that, I mean, I, isn't, isn't that two months? Like they're jumping ahead two months and two days. So that it would basically be, they're saying like it would be which, October 10th is what you're asking there. Right. But they're basically saying which of these months have 31 days and which has 30 because you're trying to figure out. But that's like, not the right answer, right? You're supposed to say X to that. Aren't the same day of the week. That's are they? incorrect. I don't know. That's a double negative. That's what I'm saying. Well, no, aren't. And then no, that's a double negative. No, they aren't. This, no, they are not. <laughs> if you say no to that, you're saying they are all the same day right. of the week. It's crazy. It's a disaster. This game is a disaster. Like, it's just like this all the way over. Here, pick the picture. Look at how simple this is. Wait, <laughs> you see these ones? Which is an egg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watch. The adult is... <laughs> all right. Now watch. They reuse in question seven the same free image of the chick. For a different question, which is bigger? <laughs> I mean, it feels like this was made for like four-year-olds. Mm -hmm. The entire game feels like it was made for four-year-olds. Yet, in all the cinematics to start the game, they're all teens. 
And like in high school. Yeah, like or borderline college. Yeah, some of them are like college kids. Like, is this going to entertain a college kid? Which is bigger? Like, I guess if you're stoned enough. (laughs) Even then, man. Even in my stoniest of college days, like day after final stony days, like this was still not entertaining. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, holy crap, dude. How much does this cost? It's $30. Wow. (laughs) Which... Is about $25 too much. Here's what they should have done, Matt. They should have packed this in with a Joy-Con for free. Yeah. Like they did with that collection. We play. Yeah. yeah. Which sold like 10 or 15 million copies. Like you figured they would have learned from that. But no. They released this as the $30 game on its own. I, <laughs> I just... What is Nintendo thinking there? I mean, I guess they're like, we need, we have a month that we need to fill with something. I don't know. Like, you'd think there were, could not possibly have been enough sunk cost on this to warrant. I know. It's like, nope, let's just cut it. Like, maybe they're just like, you know what? Our reputation at this point with Switch is so sterling mm-hmm. that we can afford to release this game. I mean, also, you, no one will notice if you don't put it in the featured games list because you can't you can't dig through the garbage on that shop. Yeah, so. oh yeah. Uh, dude, that whole shop is so laggy awful like i get a code from nintendo to go and put in the code it's like it's the only online like game store that i will not just browse through and see see what i see because it's just it's just too frustrating just inputting a code on the eShop is a hassle Mm -hmm. to get like the game that nintendo sends me to review it's anyway (laughs) if you haven't figured it out by now stay far away from everybody one two switch um i wouldn't be surprised if eventually they do pack it in with a joy con because they're not going to sell any of these. It's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do something with it. Three days from now, they're going to announce it sold 10 million copies. <laughs> I mean, the messed up part is that it doesn't even really give the Joy-Con a workout. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. really use, like, a lot of... Remember when they first showed off the Joy-Con and it had, like, all yeah. the IR stuff and all these things that it could do? Well, and, the like, real, like, the real demo for that was pretty much snipper clips. Yeah. Yep. That ended up being the best demo for it. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's like gone away. I, I know you don't care about because you don't like motion control games. No. But but it's like these controllers are supposed to do all this stuff. We didn't even see it in um, Tears of the Kingdom. No, when I, Nintendo doesn't put that stuff in a Zelda game, that's when you know it's like, yeah, okay. Just just, <laughs> just just the motion control aiming yeah, is the only thing. That's and, it. and oh boy, did I turn that off yeah, fast. Yeah, most people did. So anyway, there you go. That's everybody one to switch, which nobody should want to switch. Nobody wants to switch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So we teased this at the beginning of the show. There's this indie game that's catching on fire that is becoming like the next big thing of the summer. And this is it. The game is called Dave the Diver. It is available for PC and Mac right now. I think it's Mac. Yeah, it works on Mac. Okay. It's coming to Switch. Eventually. Some, at some point. I think it's coming to all consoles eventually. Yeah, but Switch first, as I okay. understand it. Um, and it has sold a million copies on Steam in the last week. Mm-hmm. That is a big indie yeah, hit. It was early access for some time and uh, went 1.0 on the 29th. Yep. And I have actually not played this. Matt has been playing. And in fact, when I came over here to get gear to shoot Pactor Factor, like... I don't know, a week ago or whatever, he was talking about it. Um, and I totally forgot about it because I had to play mm-hmm. Everybody One Two Switch, <laughs> which just wiped my brain um, until last night. I was like, that's right, Matt has been playing this awesome indie game, and this is it. Dave the Diver. Matt, what is up with Dave the Diver? So, Dave the Diver is about a diver named Dave, who is this, <laughs> this large man. 
And he, um, so he has a friend named Cobra, who is a ruthless venture capitalist and possible international super spy, who um, th- there he finds this blue hole, uh, which is this this underwater hole, which mysteriously changes configuration and has every species of underwater animal imaginable in it. Uh, over in, on different days, and so he decides to open a sushi place on the on the shore of it, to, and and so uh, makes w- sense with a with a guy named Bancho who is like an expert master sushi chef who's also very weird and dramatic, and so D- Dave is basically drafted into diving every day to get the fish to serve at the sushi shop that every night. And every night you have to work in the sushi shop. So you so bust your is, ass underwater all yes. day. It is so. It, it is a. It is an under. At core, it is a diving game, uh, diving collecting combat game that also has a restaurant sim at the end of the day. Um, How but, stringent is the restaurant sim? Um, not not very. Sorry, Katie. Um, yeah, you're basically a serving stuff. Uh, I've seen it called hook serve delicious. So you're not cooking. The way it works is you basically die. The most baseline is you dive down. You have a limited amount of air. Uh, your air is also your life bar. So if you get hit by things, you lose air. Mm-hmm. You can find more air underwater. Uh, you have your little harpoon and you have a gun and a melee weapon. Uh, if you harpoon a, mon- a, a fish, you can reel it in as long as you've done enough damage to it. And you get it and you, can, you get its meat. Uh, for a, for two star rating, if you shoot something to death, you generally get a one star rating. You can carve the meat off it, like a shark or whatever. A shark, actually, bigger animals you get a two star, uh, and then to get a three star, you have to capture them alive, which you have to use tranquilizers for. And for the bigger fish, bigger animals, you need um, uh, drones that pick them up and take them in. And then when you, so when you go back, you have all these recipes that have been unlocked, and you can research more using. Uh, artistic uh, inspiration flame or something. Artisanal flames, that's what it is, mm-hmm. that you earn by doing well at the restaurant minigame. So you set the menu for the night, which is basically deciding which sushi dishes you're going to serve on the menu. You have limited slots. How many of each, which is determined by how much you want to send send out, and also um, uh, how many of the pieces of fish you have. And then you start it, and it works kind of like uh, tapper, like you know, That's what it looked like. Yeah, customers come in, the little thing appears above their head, and if they want a drink, you have to pour it for them, like a little agility minigame. And then Boncho starts making the food over on the right side. You have to go pick it up and bring it to people. And you can hire people to help him in the kitchen, which makes the food faster. You can hire uh, servers, which help you serve the food and serve the drinks. You can train them. They get more skills so they can clean stuff up so you don't have to, because like Dave can't do everything himself. Um... And then you get money from that, uh, from profit, and at the end of the, and then you can use that money to upgrade Dave's equipment, and that is the basic game loop. However, there are also side quests that happen all the time. There is a photo side quest. There is a collecting all the different fish for Pokemon card side quest, where a, guy, a fat guy dressed like Ash shows up in a boat that looks like <laughs> Pikachu and tells you you have to collect all these things. And he'll and Dave's like, "Hey, you look. Oh, this is just like Pokemon." And he's like, eh, "Shut up." Like, don't say it. Yeah. Um, you, there's bosses you have to fight. There's different levels of places to go. There's a whole lost city of Atlantis. So there's a subquest where you're helping an archaeologist find the sea people. Then you have to help all the sea people. There's music to collect. 
Um, there's a farming mini game for vegetables to farm. There's Holy a rice crap, raising mini game. You can eventually get a fish fish like a fishery where you can capture, you can get like eggs and roe and 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 stuff, and they ha and hatch fish and keep fish alive in the back of the. And if you have more than one of the same kind of fish, they'll breed. So you can have constant fish. You can either send to your restaurant for for food for meat, or you can sell them for money. Um, wow. You can buy stuff from him directly. There are different ways to capture all the different, uh, you know, different fish. Um, all these, you, you have a, a, a guy who, a guy named Duff, who's like a weird anime nerd, who builds all your weaponry. So you can collect weaponry under the water, and if you collect enough of one kind of weapon, you get a blueprint. He can make the blueprint. Then he can upgrade them into a, into a you can have tranquilizer weapons. You can have... Uh, shock weapons, you got lightning weapons, you got poison weapons, and you got fire weapons, which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, how does you can that work? Set, you can set sharks on fire underwater in this game. Okay, that's all. Okay. That's all I'm telling you. That's how seriously we're taking this. Um, and you, and there's like side quests you can do for dolphins and humpback whales, and uh, there's there's gambling down in the sea. People, it's like like there's like memory <laughs> style games you can gamble on. There's there's seahorse racing. You can capture seahorses. Register them at the seahorse races, and then you play a seahorse racing minigame that eventually becomes an obstacle course where you have to jump over spikes and shit in the it's, it's, it's like a Mario game with a seahorse. Holy and you're like, crap, how man. does it get hit by spikes? It's not on the ground. Yeah. But like, you have, you have all these side, there's like uh, research side quests, so you have to like collect certain numbers of different kinds of shells or kill certain numbers of pesty uh, fish, and that gets you these other upgrades for trinkets you can equip. Um, I am 25 hours into this game and I still don't have all the apps on the phone unlocked. Really? Like it is constantly throwing new ideas at you. It's crazy. Um I'm there's all this extra it just it goes on and on and on and on. It's amazing. But not in a bad way. No, no, no. Yeah. It's like always it Sounds like they're just throwing new, new stuff at you all the time. There's there's VIP customers who need a specific kind of fish dish to convince them and you have to go find the ingredients but before they come back in three days there are special party nights where they're like we're gonna have a party we want marlin and you're like how the fuck do you find marlin <laughs> and you gotta find marlin you gotta get enough marlin in three days to be able to serve all these marlin dishes if you do they get ex like bonus tips and bonus the so like you're you know you're making you know if you see the things here you're making like you know early on you're making a hundred and five hundred dollars a night maybe mm -hmm. the biggest night i've ever had was a jellyfish party night where I managed to get all kinds of jellyfish and everything on the menu was jellyfish and I sold them all out. I made $12,000 in profit. Not revenue, profit. Which was enough to upgrade everything I had four times almost. Matt, I think that's actually pretty typical of a sushi restaurant. I would, yeah, not in the middle of nowhere on the right, side right, of a right, cove. Right, but, but still, like, like and it's very, you make a lot of money on it's sushi. It's very funny. Um, oh, it's it's well very lighthearted. There's a lot, like Dave is just the most hapless, like... Everyone just constantly volunteers him to do shit, uh -huh. and there's nothing like, and there's like little references to things. At one point, this old woman comes up on a raft. She's like, "Have you seen a great white shark around?" And they're like, "No." And it's like, "I'm gonna." It's Jaws four. She's oh. hunting the shark, <laughs> and then you have to fight a great white shark. And behind, once you when I kill the great white shark, I look by. I'm like. Oh, the boat from Jaws Four is sunk behind no it way. with the, the bow sticking out and all those. It's wow, a lot of references. There's Michael Bay comes in for food at one point. You have to do a side quest for that, and like you get a poster <laughs> of like the Robo Samurai, which is absolutely my Optimus Prime. Uh -huh. that you can put up. You can customize the sushi restaurant. You can change the decor. You can put, change everything that's on the walls. You can change all that stuff. Uh, every time you do upgrades or upgrade, you can upgrade the recipes to like if you have a lot a lot of one kind of ingredient, you can spend tons of that ingredient to up level 
the, the recipes up to up to level ten, and that ups your um how how Probably much the they, price, how right? much they cost and how much they how good they taste. There's a taste rating. There's you're on an Instagram equivalent called Cooksta. Where you have to level up the restaurant on on social media, and you do that by likes from happy customers, having the best tasting dishes. So you have to level up the the dishes to get to a certain taste rating, and um, there's one other metric that I forgot because it's so easy that it happens. Eat <laughs> but that goes up to like diamond level. So I'm at like platinum, and that, that unlocks like more stuff you can do in the restaurants. Every if you run out of wasabi, you have to do a wasabi grinding mini game. Um, there's just so, and every time you upgrade stuff, one, the characters like Boncho or um, uh, uh, Duff, the weapons, they do this really dramatic like cutscene where like it's all like anime references and like samurai movie references, and it's all very. You can skip them after the first time, but it's very funny. Are there currents that you have to deal with? There are currents in certain places that, that will push you around, and then you can find like little like diving like scooter things that you pass that. Every different type of harpoon has a different mini game you have to play to pull the fish in at the end. You got to tap the A button or wiggle the stick back and forth. Um, what other kind of upgrades do you get for the diving? You get like eventually get like more you oxygen, get, and you get more oxygen, which is your life basically. Mm-hmm. You get um, you upgrade the suit to dive deeper. Okay. Uh, you upgrade um, the harpoon to do more damage. Uh, you upgrade uh, your your storage bin to carry more weight because you can only carry so much weight, and if it goes over, you can carry a little bit more, but it slows you way down and makes you use more oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you gotta watch that. You can upgrade the drones that pick up the large stuff because yeah, basically you don't get as much meat off of something you killed that you have to carve off if you have a big shark or something mm-hmm. you can have the drone come down and wrap it up and take it you'll get more out of that also mm-hmm. if you can make something fall asleep if you can tranquilize it with a tranquilizer gun or some there are some um does it just float to the surface after you trank it no it just you have to go it, down stay, and get it, it stays there it, it floats there and you have to go over and either carve it up or call the drone and then if you call it and then that's a good way of capturing fish alive is how you get eggs and and roe and stuff and that's how you get caviar um, and well no that's how you grow them in the fishery ah, in the hatchery gotcha um so yeah there's, there's a lot here yeah holy crap um, man <laughs> like it's crazy and first it is, of all an, an indie game that you've been playing for 25 mm-hmm. hours is unheard of i mean i don't know if you want to classify it as an indie game because it is published by nexon i mean um, all nexon's games on our site we classify as indie mm. i mean they are a giant publisher but. well because they have korean mmos right <laughs> like, and i don't know where this is not I'm, giant i'm not here. familiar with the developer on this uh mint something or other yeah it's called like mint minute or something yeah mint something i don't remember. yeah i see i see it every time i look but it's it's one of those it is one of those insidious um one more day games like yeah you, like to, there was one point where i was thirsty and i'm like well when i'm done with the sushi restaurant part i'll go get a drink and then I just dove, <laughs> and off you went. And I'm like in the middle of diving. I'm like, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna go get a drink. And now I'm thirsty. I'm gonna do it after I do this dive. And then I go up to the dive, and I finish some side quests. And somebody else comes up and says, I got to do this other thing. I'm like, oh, I'll go do that now. And I'm like, wait, I'm th- still thirsty. It was like three ga- days in the game before I realized I'm just gonna fucking pause it and go get a fucking drink. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's one of those like Civilization two things. It's uh-huh. just like, oh, this you're, you're one more turn. I'm one like, more oh day. no, it's four a.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great. It like, really, it's really sounds great. great. And it's um, only available for PC and Mac right now, though, right? Right now, but yeah. I think it will be on everything by the end of the year. Um, everything. Because if you sold a million of these in a week, you yeah, know they're this, dashing to this get this like, available for every console. I mean, I hate it when people say this, but it's like, it's perfect for Switch. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, but it is. It is, Like, yeah. it really is. Although, it would be hard to aim at some of the tinier fish. 
Well, uh, any game that's on like that one screen. more turn or one more day is perfect but, for yeah, handhelds. It's a good, it's a good takeaway thing. It's good break points for you to stop um, playing and pick back up. Yeah, but really, anything you're willing to play this on, you should play it on. How much um, is it? Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. And it was on. It's on. It was. I know it's still on sale, but it was on sale for like seventeen. That sounds like a great deal. It's a ridiculously great deal. Yeah, I mean, if you played um, it that long and you got it for that cheap. Yeah, I mean, my total time played is like twenty five hours, but some of that was spent like leaving him standing on the on the boat, like yeah. while I did other things. But I'm pretty. I've I've played this game definitely around twenty hours, and I'm not done. It's not the story's not over. There's way more fish to find. There's way more locations to unlock. Um, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, it price really is, is another thing generally that leads me to call a, a game indie. Games that are twenty thirty bucks. I mean, indie just means Independent. independently funded. Yeah. Uh, which this does not seem to have been. Actually, you don't know, do you? If Nexon well, it, gave him money. They're publishing it, but that doesn't mean that Nexon gave him money for development. I don't know. Yeah. I, this game kind of came out of nowhere. It really so. did. It came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> to sell a million copies. I mean, the word of mouth on this is, yeah. like, through the roof. I mean, it was, a, I was, you know, I didn't even know about it in early access. It's been in early access for like at least a year, I think. Yeah. Um, which is one reason it's so refined mm-hmm. now in this forum. But it's like, this is the kind of game that I would have definitely looked at. Again, you know, if I see anything with diving or underwater stuff, I'm going to look at it. Yeah. And I have never heard of this before. I had never really heard of it either until you brought it up. And people... And you started telling me about it. I was like, how do I not know about this game? Like, what the hell? Like, it's crazy. It really did seem to just drop out of nowhere. And it has, you know, tons of real, you know, tons of real real fish, <coughs> real ocean animals. Like... Yeah. It's cool to see, like, oh, that's... And you can tell, like, I'm pretty familiar with, you know, different fish and sharks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's things where I came upon, like, oh, that's a mako shark. I know yeah. that's a mako shark. I mean, we've had black black tips and white tips and tiger sharks and, and, and reef sharks and copper sharks. But I'm like, oh, that's a mako. Like, they do a really good job of making the different animals... Uh, you know, very notable, notably themselves. Mako, fast, fastest swimming fish in the ocean. Hmm? They can swim almost 50 miles an hour. But fuck the striped catfish. <laughs> are they like, a pain in the ass? There are certain, there are certain, certain fish that will attack you, uh-huh. and some of them are annoying. And the striped catfish so far are the worst oh. because there's like 30 of them. Oh. Like there's like, and they don't, I've never, I've been, I think like the I, Medusa heads in Castle. I've <laughs> died. I've died in this game. I think once. Like oh, it's really? not, it, if you're careful with your oxygen, it doesn't really, that's really much. all you have to do really is just get the up boss the battles are not super hard. You just have to figure out the pattern and generally either hit them. Usually it's like the big bosses are like, just hit them three times. Yeah. In spot. Yeah. That's a giant squid. That fight is super easy. Yeah. yeah but like, yeah, like some things are more, optional stuff is more challenging, but it's not that hard of a game really once you get the systems down. Um, but it doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a it's a zen thing yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a there's a satisfaction in having like a tiger shark in your fishery. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, or like capturing something alive, and you, then when you capture something alive, you get the highest rated. Trading. But then you kill it at the restaurant. Right. We well, get the <laughs> highest rated trading card for it. So then, like, you get a three star gold trading card for it. So that's how you're supposed to max out your Pokedex, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I, that bugs me is like if you capture something alive. I think when you capture something alive, you should get the option to either use it for meat or put it in your fishery alive. Mm-hmm. And you don't. It just becomes meat. And if you're lucky, you get the egg out of it. And that can then hatch into the same species. And then you can raise it. Um, yeah. And I look, I've got tons of sharks. I mean, my, I'm basically raising a shark like reserve back back in the backyard of the of the sushi place, which you'd think we could charge admission to right. as well. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this is an amazing collection of animals. Back That's here. for the expansion, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds like there's enough already in this game. Oh yeah, like I don't even know what else you'd. Throw yeah, I mean, in here. there's so much to keep track of already. Yeah, like it's ton. I mean, I guess you could do like 
races with I mean, you have races with star with sea, uh, seahorses right yeah i don't know um in the country, highly recommended super high like this is this game this is in the game of the year conversation as far as i'm concerned for indie game of the year for anything for anything this one of the best game of the year I, period. One of the best things i've played all year wow. no, bar none those are big words people wow it's great okay so either get it now on on pc or like it's on should be on i think they said it's supposed to be on switch by the fall I mean, I would say if you have a PC that you can play it on, which obviously looking at it, you don't need a beastly PC to play it. You should play it now. Yeah. Because I mean, we're in a lull right now. The price and is And it's right. not going to last very long. Right. Once you're playing Baldur's Gate 3 or right. Starfield or Spider-Man, window. you may not be. You know, but again, this is also like this is a, actually really this is a perfect game to play alongside a big AAA thing. Yeah. Because it's it's so different and so light and so... You know, kind of, it kind of clears the mechanism. A it's a good bit. summer game. Yeah, it is a very good summer. Tropical, game. ocean beach, yeah. all that fishing stuff that people to. And Dave, Dave really just wants to relax, and they won't let him. Yep. that's the whole. That's the whole goal. <laughs> is that really what the whole crux he, of the game? He's is? on vacation and hanging out, and like they Next call thing him up. He and he's like, "Come, get over here right now!" And he's like, "Okay," and like, "Okay, you're gonna do all this." Like, I don't want to do all this. Like, yeah. So, and but he's just he's too nice, and he is not assertive enough, and he doesn't know how to make boundaries. So, Dave just does everything for everyone. <laughs> I've been guilty of that a few times in He's my life. He's even bad well. about that with mermaids. Like the, the, yeah. the underwater the sea people do that to him too. And you're like, <laughs> that's the only real. Just the, say no. <laughs> yeah, the only real. I think the only even closest thing to a criticism I have is some of the sea people village quests have send you all back and forth or a lot of fetch quests back and forth around mm. this village, and it's kind of boring. Okay. Especially because like there's a couple things where you're supposed to, a you have to find specific things and they don't mark them anywhere. Nah. So you're like, well, where is this thing? It's Most like, games oh, don't do that anymore. It's in this, it's in this building. You should have just gone in that building. I didn't know if there was a reason to go in that right. building. It's like, yeah. so it's, it's just that. That's okay. the only thing that's really made me go, mm. So like criticism though. All right. So there you go. That is Dave the Diver available for PC and Mac and it's available for 20 and maybe $17 right now. We recommend that you jump on it because it won't be long. There will be too many games to buy again. So this is a nice little palate cleanser um, before we get mm -hmm. into some of the more serious games towards the end of 2023. And with that... Although sort of scratching a similar itch that I expect part of Starfield to scratch for me. That, ex that exploration, right. that exploration category, categorizing thing. Yep. And once that starts, my, my guess is you don't go back to this game. <laughs> eh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting I'll finish. I mean, what else am I playing yeah. For the next couple weeks, really. Pikmin 4. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that, it's time for... That's right. It's time for Name That Game. It's the first time we've done Name That Game in like a month. Because we, ha I have had the same Name That Game waiting on the TriCaster for like four episodes. Because <laughs> first, the shows were just packed. Because we were doing all the not E3 stuff, where the shows were like three hours and 15 minutes or whatever. Um, and then Adam was on the show. We couldn't do it. And then we didn't do it last week. And here we are again. And we're going to do Name That Game today. Um, it's been a while. Those of you who may not remember what Name That Game is, I show you five screenshots from a video game. You try to guess the name of the game. There's a couple simple rules that you guys have to follow, and I'm sure I'm going to forget one of them. Uh, one of the biggest ones is if you've already won this year, do not play. You cannot win twice in a year. And that means don't put guesses in the chat. Just sit back and chill. The other thing is, if you are not a PC gamer, also please do not play. Uh, we give away a free game to the winner of this every single episode, but they are PC codes. And so if you can't play PC games or you don't play PC games, don't play. Although I will say this, if you have a friend who plays PC and you want to win and give the code to a friend, 
That's totally cool. I totally get it. Um, and then the final thing is, is that we put the chat in slow mode and that means that you only get one guess every 60 seconds. And so don't just spam the chat with random game names hoping that you guess it right because what's gonna happen is I'm gonna show the second screenshot. You're gonna know exactly what game it is and you're gonna go and try and type it in and you, you're not gonna be able to. So just follow those three simple rules and name that game will go great. Matt, you won the last name that game, didn't you? Maybe. Yeah, that was I think a long time it's been ago. a while, but I think you won the last one. Matt's been this has your, been your best year of name that game hmm. easily. You've won way more times this year, I think, than any year before, and we're only halfway through, so you're doing real good. Um, so again, this one's been sitting on the TriCaster for like a month now, and I thought this was a good one when I first set it up, but you guys will be the final judge of that. All right. With that, it's time for the very first image of Name That Game, and here it is. No guesses yet. Hmm. Commander Fett guessed Sifted Games. No. <laughs> B-O-T-M-F-S. What is that? 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Blood, Blood on the, the motherfucking sand. Mad Max, no. Three of you guys guessed that at once. That's it a good is not guess, Mad so. Max. That is a good guess. Breath of the Wild, no. The textures aren't blurry enough, Stucky, for Breath of the yeah. Wild. Those textures are way too crisp for Breath of the Wild. Uh, Red Faction Gorilla, that's also a good guess, mm -hmm. but no. Someone else guessed 50 Cent, no. Alpha Protocol, no. Monster Hunter Rise, no. Now that that's on other consoles, it could look that good. But that's not it. Okay, that looks like the end. Alpha Protocol, no. AJ just guesses Final Fantasy. He doesn't say which yeah, one. Yeah, give, give him I, guess I'm, I think you're that. guessing 16 there, but no, it's not a Final Fantasy game. So I'll, I just took the whole franchise off the board for you guys there. I just helped you. All right, that looks like that's it. We're going to the second image. And here it is. Some people mm. can get it from this. Mass Effect. No. Mass Effect 3, no. Final Fantasy 16, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Delfino. Shadow of War, no. It does look familiar, but I don't... Mass Effect 2, no. It was not Mass Effect. I would know it Mass Effect. Any more guesses before we go to image three? Are we gonna make it to the third image here? Halo 4, no. Forspoken. Forspoken, no, but that's a good guess. Halo 4, no. From ChiroDoc23. All right. I think it's ChiroDoc. I think that's it. All right, we're moving on to the third image. We're gonna make it to number three, and here it is. You can definitely get it from this one. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Chiropractor doctor, no. <laughs> Death Stranding, no. Cody S. Carter, that's a good guess. That's not it. Bloodborne, no. Demon Souls remake, no. But I can see where both of those. Yeah. Devil May Cry 5, no. We already did that one. Yep. Yeah, that's the other thing. I will never do a game twice, if I can remember anyway. God of mm -hmm. War, no. Witcher 3, no. I'm guessing Nox is guessing Returnal, but no, it's not Returnal. I could see that as well. 
Outer Worlds? Not Outer Worlds. Nope. Commander Fett just got it. Mm. It is Mass Effect Andromeda. Great job. I wouldn't know that Mass Effect. Y'all guessed every Mass Effect, but the correct one. (laughs) So that was the third image. Here's the fourth image. That probably would have given it away if the other ones didn't. I wouldn't. No, you still wouldn't have? No. And then here's the final one. I gave you the helmet. Probably would have. Yeah, I don't know what else I would have guessed on that at that point. Yeah. So there you go. That's a great job. Commander Fett wins. Name that game. Another round of applause for you, my friend. That's not fair. Nobody played that game. Actually, everybody played that game. A lot of people played it. It still game. sold very, very well. Tons the, of people played it. That was the problem. Yep. Yeah, and once again, a reminder that you have to get the right entry of a franchise. You can't just guess Mass Effect and that's going to count. You have to get the exact entry. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, typically, I won't mess with you guys. Like, for me, Mass Effect Andromeda stands out from the other Mass Effect games. And I wouldn't have done that if it was like, if I wouldn't have done like Mass Effect 2. It's really hard to tell Mass Effect 2 from Mass Effect 3. Like, I try to play even with you guys so you guys can actually get it. So, um, there you go. Uh, congratulations once again. Good to see an awesome sifter, Commander Fett, win. Uh, Commander Fett, you can send us a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. Also, by the way, your boy is now on Blue Sky. So if any of you guys are on Blue Sky, the brand new version of Twitter, I know y'all went to Threads or whatever. I went to Blue Sky, and I am just Shane Satterfield on Blue Sky. I am not Dinfire. Uh, so anyway, if you guys want to add me on Blue Sky, please do. Um, I am still on Twitter, not for very long, though. Once Blue Sky picks up, I am gone. Threads uh, is where it's going. What do you say? Threads is where it's going. I know. I don't care. I, I, I'm going to go to where I feel comfortable with the people and the content. And <laughs> Threads also is not allowing, like, fact-checking. Yeah, they are. No, they're backtracking on it already. Yeah. So I'm out. I'm not going to go on a social media platform where half of my feed is lies. So that's why I'm leaving Twitter. So anyway, if you guys are on Blue Sky, I am Shane Satterfield on Blue Sky. Add me. Um, but you can also DM me on Sifted at Shane or you know where to get at me. Commander Fett. We've been, we've been crew for a long time now. So anyway, congratulations once again. And now we're also going to do some Q&A, which is something we also haven't done on Game Face in a long time. And you guys picked up on it because there's already like 80 questions in here. And we're going to answer a bunch um, because we have time. So... Uh, let me get some graphics ready to go here during the Q&A, and we'll get it going. Uh, okay, I gotta scroll way up. Norx Nessie, thank you for Twitch Prime, brother. Appreciate it, man. I'll say this, it has been disheartening. Um, so you guys may not know how this all works, but like every month I get a report from Twitch about who has subscribed with Twitch Prime. And it's a spreadsheet that has your username. It says how many times total you subscribe with Twitch Prime, and then it gives me the streak how many times in a row you subscribe with Twitch Prime. And I just gotta say, it hurts to see how many of our users like are or subscribe or one. Like almost all of you guys are not on a streak. And like I say it over and over, we need that money. Like we need it. Like so I don't know if you all have gotten lazy or you're just tired i don't know but it would be really awesome if you guys could start doing it again like our still our monthly payout from twitch is less than half of what it was for like three or four years straight so i don't know why you guys have stopped doing it nothing has changed with the process it's still just as easy it still literally takes three seconds if you've already done it once 
If you guys could start doing that again, it would really be a huge help. It would, I just thought how many more times I can say this. I'm not lying. I'm not fibbing. If you guys could just do it, it just, it takes three seconds. If you're watching this right now on YouTube or on Sifted, go do it. Please go do it. We need it. I, I'm not lying. I don't know why you would think I would lie about this. I'm not lying. But literally all our crew, you're all on one. Like, please do it. It makes a world of difference for us. It makes a big difference. I'd really, really appreciate it. Um, okay, let's get to some questions in there. Our attempt, we'll try to get to as many as we can. Commander Fett, since you're the big winner, we'll take your question first. What are some of your favorite things to do in the summer, gaming or otherwise? Matt, you can start. I don't know. Summer doesn't really change much for me. No? Well, because I don't go to school anymore. Yeah. So that was the difference of summer back yeah. in the day. Well, living in L.A., summer doesn't change anything because it's right. summer all year round. <laughs> well, not this year. but Right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like you turn the air conditioning on. and uh, There's something about, I don't know how to explain it, but there's something about playing games inside in the summertime with the air conditioning on. I don't know what it is. It puts me in this strange mood. The first time I ever noticed it was when I imported Super Mario Sunshine from Japan because it came out earlier in Japan than it did in the US. And I was playing it on my GameCube that I had had modified so it could play Japanese games. And I just remember playing it in the summertime as hot as balls outside. And I was sitting inside chilling in the AC playing Super Mario Sunshine and just this feeling of wellness just came over me. And I don't know if that imprinted on me forever. So now when I play games inside, when it's really hot outside, I get this positive feeling. I don't know how to explain it. Hmm. Um, but it's really hard for us because we live in summer 24 seven, 365. Like if it's not summer, that's when our behaviors change. And for a long time this year, it was not summer. Like we had a hmm. real winter that lasted like four months, which is crazy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, like summertime, like the only thing I would say is that people like, which just happened, my friends will come and visit me in LA. My family members will come and visit me because that's when most people take their vacations. So I do end up doing some of the touristy stuff. Like this week, I ended up going to the Warner Brothers studio tour up in Burbank, which I had never done before, ever. And that's kind of the cool thing about people coming to visit us here is that they want to do all the touristy stuff that we don't do unless we're forced to do it. <laughs> and I will say this too. The Warner Brothers tour was not great. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Universal the, tour is way better. The The Paramount tour is the best one. I have not been on that either. If, you, if you're into movies and movie making, Paramount is the best one. Okay. Especially the VIP Paramount tour. Do yeah. that. If you're coming to LA, go do that one. Okay. But otherwise, every day is like summer here. That's why we pay so much money to live here because the weather's perfect every day. The best part about that is if you make plans, they are not going to be ruined by the weather. I remember living on the East Coast. If you had like something planned for outdoors or anywhere in the wintertime, it could all get ruined by the weather. A snowstorm could come and people can't get there. It could rain and you can't do the stuff outside. You can plan stuff here and you know it's going to go off. Although not, not this year. Right. Yeah. Except for this year. <laughs> this year was weird. It was weird. Really weird. Uh, great question, Commander Fett. El Guapo 3385, Prime Day is here in the U.S., snagged any good deals. We actually talked about this, no. at the, and I remember you said earlier you came in late. We talked about this at the top of the show. Um, again, to repeat, there are like four curated articles right now on Sifted to help you guys get through Prime Day. Matt and I have already said that like neither one of us really care anymore because we're old mm. and we have everything already. I mean, that PS5 storage unit is a good good deal yeah. if I didn't already have one. Yeah. But. Yep. Um, a bunch of jerks. Did either of you guys see Dial of Destiny? It's gotten a lot of hate, and I really don't get it. Saw it a couple of weeks ago and had a good time. It is getting lit up. 
Mm-hmm. People are saying, like, now the story is like, well, should they even make that Indiana Jones video game now because the movie did so horribly? Well, I mean, they're, that they're, in, well, they're you have also, forgotten about the also film. Also, the movie did fine. The problem did is, it? They, yeah, it's up to like. 300 million or oh, something that's pretty good i mean it's fine the problem is they spent 300 million making it which is insane they spent more making that movie than the first three combined even adjusted for inflation mm-hmm. like it's ridiculous like i'll tell you one thing the studio movie studios need to rediscover the b picture like you know i don't know if you saw that there you know there's a trailer that's went up for the new haunted mansion movie yeah guess how much that movie cost to make Hundred million. Hundred and forty seven million dollars for that. Mm-hmm. Why in the world do you spend hundred and forty seven million dollars on a haunted mansion movie that's gonna make eighty? Yeah. Like re- some things are just like they're, obvious. Like they're talking about making Tron three, and look, I love Tron. I'm a big fan of Tron. If you spend that's more than mistake. fifty million dollars on that Tron movie, you are a moron. No, you're right. That's because that's all it's gonna make. Yeah, like you have to rediscover B list budgets. You and not everything needs to be a tent pole. Yeah. Anyway, I like Dial of Destiny. I thought it was you did pretty like good. It. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like it was a entirely serviceable Indiana Jones outing. Um, I like it better than Crystal Skull. I like it. I better, hope so. I like it better than Temple. I never. Oh really? I never particularly liked Temple of Doom wow. very much. But I will say this: one of the reasons that people are having trouble, well, one of the reasons people are having trouble with, it is that Phoebe Waller Bridges plays a plays a girl who dares to talk back to Indiana Jones and doesn't sleep with him. Uh, That's part of the problem. Is everyone's like, oh Indiana Jones gone woke? He's like eighty. Um, yeah. He's not sleeping with anybody, people. No. Well, I, we'll he's not passing STDs around the nursing home. No, he, well, he's also divorced now. So, <laughs> Did he divorce his wife? At the very beginning of the movie, it's... it's he's oh, you the, mean in the, in the film? I thought you were talking about... Oh, no. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is fine. What's his wife's name again? Close to Flockhart. Yeah, I had a Valentine's Allie Day next to him and yeah. her at his son's restaurant, Ford Filling Station, in mm-hmm. Culver City. But the first year I was here for Valentine's Day, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, came down here, and I took her out there, and we sat right next to Harrison mm-hmm. Ford for dinner. But the things, the two things I will say about Dial of Destiny is, uh, the, and the two things that maybe people are having trouble with, um, just from like a film nerd snob perspective for me, is like, A, my favorite Indiana Jones movie is Last Crusade. I do think Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably objectively the best made film of them. But Crusade is my favorite because it's funny and Sean Connery is funny and, and like it plays with the ideas the best, I think. And it's literally about finding the thing that means looking for things, the Holy Grail. And at the end, they ride off in the sunset. And that's the end of Indiana Jones to me. Everything like Crystal Skull, Dial of Destiny, great. But they go in the same category as like young Indiana Jones, where it's like this is also a thing labeled Indiana Jones, but it is not the same level as the original yeah. three, right? Mm-hmm. The thing about that, some people don't like Last Crusade, and one of the reasons they don't like it, and this is true, is Last Crusade is the first time Indiana Jones becomes an actual character, an actual person. In Raiders and Temple, he is just adventure person. He's like a superhero almost. He is just someone you can transpose yourself onto and have these adventures and do this stuff. He doesn't have an inner life, really. He doesn't have any kind of past of, of note outside of his relationship with Marion. He doesn't... There's nothing to learn about him as a person. He's just a vessel for the adventure. In Crusade, suddenly, he's got this specific relationship with his father. He has this specific past that you get the River Phoenix flashback, which, by the way, is less than half as long as the flashback that starts Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, so he's more of a different, he's more of an actual person, an individual character, which is harder to transpose yourself onto, which is why some people don't like that. I liked it because I like exploring the character that way. Yeah. But then because of that, and because he gets older, once you go to Crystal Skull, and especially Dial of Destiny, now the story is not about adventure guy going on adventure. It's about Indiana Jones, Henry Jones Jr., the very specific character they've turned him into, dealing with 
the present day situation he's in, which is that he's old. And yeah, that was, so here's, here's and the that thing was about there this. in Skull, and it's here in this one. It's better. Wasn't it in Crystal Skull? Because I hated the Crystal Skull. I went to see it in the theater, and I thought it was embarrassing because they um, had him trying to do stunts, and he literally looked like a crotchety old man trying to jump over these boxes and crap. I'm like, I thought it. I didn't think well, they, it addressed they, age at all. They, they address, other than making him look it, old. Well, they do address it a little bit, but Dial Destiny is about that, right? Yeah, I heard um, that. That's why I thought it was clever. I'm like, you know what? You looked really old in the last yeah. one, and now in this one, you're actually addressing that you're well, old. Well, remember that Harrison Ford is actually ten years older than Indiana Jones is supposed to be in this right. movie. Yeah. Um, but like, so so, but there's an there's an argument to be made that doing that with Indiana Jones is missing the point of Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones is not supposed to be an interesting character. He's supposed to be a reason reason and excuse to go on this adventure. Right. And if the adventure isn't interesting enough to buoy that you lose something that is inherently the the hook of Indiana Jones. And what I'm getting to for the second part here is, and Crystal Skull is not good. Crystal Skull is obviously the worst. I thought it was the worst of the, I, I wouldn't say it's horrible. It's it's just uninspired, and it feels like a bunch of old men made a movie in an air-conditioned studio. Whereas the other, like that Jeep chase in Crystal Skull, you know, young Spielberg would have carved that road out of a jungle in Brazil and shot that whole thing with a helicopter. Right, but right. instead, it's all a green screen. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, but like, here's the thing, and this is this is a film nerd thing. Um, one of the problems I have with Dial of Destiny, and I think one of the problems a lot of people do and don't realize it because they're not thinking about cinematography and blocking very much in terms of filmmaking. They're just watching a movie, yeah. which is obviously that's how you should watch. Movies. Yeah, but. Steven Spielberg is one of the most talented camera work and blocking directors who's ever done the job. Um, and as an example, first off, go look up that thing Steven Soderbergh did where he just took, he made black and white version of Raiders of the Lost Ark and all you have to look at is the blocking and the place placement and the, the frame. It's mm -hmm. fascinating. Go back and look at the, um, if you've seen Dial of Destiny especially, go back and look at the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indiana Jones explains to the government guys what the Ark is. Mm -hmm. And how he's over here doing this, and it's all one shot almost. Like, because Spielberg loves doing all these things in one shot. They're over here, blocked off from him and Brody by like the the table they're behind, and he's explaining things. And at one point, he drops a giant old book between them on the middle of the table, and eventually, with a couple of cutaways, but eventually the 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 the, the shot rotates around as he shows them something, a picture of the thing in the book. As this is all exposition, this is all explaining the plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like this should be boring. It's not because Spielberg is shooting this like this, and over the course of of the shot, it comes around, and all four of them are now looking at this ancient giant book. They are all literally on the same page as each other <laughs> and like he does that in one camera move around the table and it's all everybody just moves into that frame and makes it happen contrast that with like dial of destiny which is shot like a sitcom mm -hmm. it's just back and forth there's no verb there's no so there's multi -cam no motion shoots. in the, the frame it's not multi-cam it's not it's, it's just shot reverse shot it's uh, just it's just and like there's a scene where she where uh phoebe wall bridges character um deciphers uh, an ancient tablet and it, she's tricking the bad guys while she's doing it, but she's walking around the interior of a boat cabin, and it's all close shots of all the different characters around, and it's all close-up close, close up inserts of, like, this thing she's going to use and this thing that Indy's holding to, to, for the part of the plan he catches on to, and it's all just showing you insert, insert shots and cutaways of information as she's walking around. Spielberg would have shot that in some way where you see where everybody is in relation to each other and you slowly, that's one of the, the brilliant things about Spielberg when he's at his best and why he works so well for Indiana Jones is you are piecing together what's happening as the characters are doing the same thing. And you're like, oh, like that's what's happening here. 
And there's no sense of discovery like that in the cinematography of Dial of Destiny. James Mangold is a great director. He can do, Logan is fantastic. 310 to Yuma is fantastic. Like, he's made some great, great films. Matt, um, what you're explaining here, and maybe this is, some of you don't know it because you haven't worked in the industry, is the producer's curse, which is, yeah. if you've worked in production, you can't just watch stuff anymore. But also, like... This, I can't. Everything this, I watch, I'm like, how did they... How did they do that right. shot? But also, this I, is important not just in that regard, because as Red Letter Media likes to say, you might have not noticed, you might not have noticed, but your brain did. Yeah. And one of the reasons you are not as engaged with Dial of Destiny as you are from like maybe Last Crusade or Raiders is because the cinematography is not carrying you through these scenes the way Steven Spielberg does. Yeah. And that is not a shot at James Mangold. He's a great director, but he just doesn't have the same style as Spielberg, and Spielberg's style is inextricable from what makes indiana jones work there you go how's that for an answer <laughs> but it, it's fine it's a it's pretty good i i will say that it was too long all the action scenes last about two to three minutes longer than they should and I'll, i really don't foresee ever wanting to watch it again in the near future yeah. but i didn't hate it i thought i i liked it it was fun it just me okay um, the Legacy, if I didn't thank you already for Twitch Prime, thank you. It's hard to remember exactly, everybody. Cody S. Carter, I think I thanked you already, but I can't remember. Um, AJ the Legend Watson, will answer one of yours. Do you think developers keep track or care about creations made with character creation tools? Would that be time well spent on other aspects? No. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I think typically create good creators who work with create creation tools on games, like that stuff just kind of bubbles up on its own. I don't think the developers are actively... Oh, they do. They keep metrics on all that stuff. I mean, they keep metrics, but they're yeah. not going in and like looking, for example, like with AEW. Like they're not, the developers of that game are not going to go and look at Maybe all not. the wrestlers I created. Some some developers do put up their favorite things they found. Or they, or they'll they find stumble them. across They find them sometimes. Yeah. But you can, they, if they want to, they can see everything people make. Yeah. You know, the, the, all the data, everything you do in a game, it can be tracked. Like by. they know how many people used a particular hat. Mm -hmm. with their character how many use a particular tights in the aw game yeah, or whatever they, they can get like, paint they can get like a like a data set of like how many people move this slider this far over this far like oh it's averaging yeah. in the middle so we did that probably right like that's about yeah. where you want that to be yeah um i would imagine most of those slider data things have like a big thing in the center and then huge chunk huge like sh like spikes on the ends where people make like the comedy characters yep um, Emperor Dread, given how big Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be, how do you intend to cover it? Matt's going to cover it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll play Matt will it. be happy about that. I'll play what I can of it. I don't, I mean, that thing is huge. Yeah. Um, Nike's Toil. Nixitois. Is that the correct way to say it? Thank you very much for all the tier one subs that you just gave to our community. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Glottis21, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, Eric Carmenes, would you rather I sub on Twitch or stick to Patreon? Um, Why not both? Well, let me do the math. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. So on Twitch, we lose half. So mm. Twitch keeps half of the money that you give us. Even with Twitch Prime subscriptions, it's like five bucks. We get two fifty. Um, so stick to Patreon. But you can do both. You can, if you're a Prime, an Amazon Prime member, you can give us a free two fifty and do Patreon. It's totally easy. Um, not sir. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Cinetike, I got Prime like only two months ago and switched from Twitch subscription to Prime subscription. Let's go. Awesome. Thank you, man. That's sweet. Um, any other questions? I think that might be it. No, I think we're out of time anyway. Noxia Trinidad says, thanks for the breakdown of Indy. Yeah. Matt knows his shit. That's all there is to it. If you want to know about films, 
He's the guy to ask. Um, that's it for Game Face. 349. We're coming up on 350 here, Matt. It's really insane that we've done 350 episodes of this podcast. And you guys have all been here for them. It's really incredible. Like, I can't even put into words how much I appreciate you guys. We're gone for a couple weeks. We come back. You guys are waiting, and you're on the chat like it's nothing. So, really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. We'll be talking about Exo Primal, crazy dinosaur shooter from Capcom. Uh, don't forget that that's on Game Pass, so you guys can give that a go before we talk about it on next week's uh, episode. And uh, we can have a symbiotic conversation about it instead of just one way. Um, thanks to everybody who gave us Twitch Prime. Again, we really need it. So if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching it, or you're listening to it out on the wilds of the internet, make sure you help us out with Twitch Prime. But most importantly, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D, where you can pledge whatever you want. Even a dollar gives you access to all the premium community features on sifted.net. So even if you pledge a dollar, you actually get something. And you go to sifted, you even have like a, a colored nameplate for it and everything. Everything you pledge gets you something in our ecosystem. We really appreciate it. While you're doing all that stuff, head to creamls.com slash sifted. Check out LS Cream over there. I freaking love it. I've turned into a, an LS Cream addict at this point. And I've turned other people into LS Cream addicts. There's a ton of stuff there. There are drink recipes. You can learn how to make all the cool looking drinks that are in the ad that runs earlier in the show. Uh, just most importantly, at least I feel personally, you should support the person who owns LS Cream. He is a sifter. He is a gamer just like you. And would you rather give your money to somebody like us? Would you rather give it to some huge conglomerate who don't give nothing about you? So Again, head to creamls.com slash sifted and pick yourself up a bottle or 10. Matt, good to be back in the saddle with you. Good to do another episode with you. We'll see you guys next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games. Until then, have yourselves a great week. Game faces up and out. Yeah.